Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. Yeah, I'm good, man. All right. Let's get started then. Okay. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. And everyone, welcome our guest hosts, Matt and Amy Bodos from Synergy Helicopters. Hey, everyone. Hey, guys. Awesome. Uh, this is episode number 64, Synergy Helicopters with Matt and Amy Bodos. So we're going to be doing this show a little bit different. We have Matt and Amy here, and we're going to be doing it more as an interview type of show. We're going to pre-record some of the sections, and then we're going to edit them and just... Uh, so that we don't keep them uh, away from dinner for too long. So let's uh, let's get to know these guys, Matt and Amy. Yeah. Um, how long have you guys been in the hobby? Oh, I've been in the hobby, God, since I was probably 13 years old, and that's that's the RC, uh, just sure. in general. And yeah, at that, at that age, I was uh, flying airplanes and driving cars. Uh, I didn't get into helicopters until about uh, 99 or 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once I went helicopters, that was it. You know, I went I went full hardcore helicopters. And uh, I still dabbled in uh, airplanes and gliders and, and cars and stuff like that. But, you know, 90% of my time was spent with helicopters only. Oh, awesome. How about you, Amy? Uh, I really didn't know that it even existed before I met Matt, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> nice. It's it's not something you mention on the first date. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I immediately thought not if you want to have a second date. <laughs> yeah, we've been together since uh I believe was it 2005? 2004? 2000, yeah, late yeah. 2004. So yeah, she was introduced mm-hmm. to that very quickly. I'd say probably within a couple of weeks of knowing each other and then uh I took her to See, I did XFC in 2004, and then I skipped 2005 and then took her as my spotter in 2006. And ironically, that ended up one of, being one of my, my best finishes that year, which was a, a fourth-place finish, I believe, nice. uh, in 2006. So good times. Nice. Uh, so, do, so yeah, kind of asking, do you fly just helicopters? I know you said you're 90% helicopters now, but do you still find time to fly planes and multirotors? Or do you oh, find absolutely, you absolutely. I, I have a uh, let's see, I have a Radian glider. I'm a big fan of that one, just because it's so durable and uh, and mm-hmm. relaxing. So it's kind of like uh, yin and yang here. I've got you know hardcore helicopters, which is you know 100 focus, and you know just you can't take your eyes off them for a split second. And then right. with the Radian, I take it up there as high as I can, and just you can dang near fall asleep and it and uh, and still have control of it. So. <laughs> I do that, and uh, you know, I, I've, I've got an Inductrix. Uh, I've got uh, I've got one of Burt's uh, FPV Speed Racers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see, God, I, I, I've got an Inspire One that I use to film guys out on the on the MX track here. Oh, nice! Uh, right. I've also just recently had uh, one of the volunteer fire departments approach me uh, to demo it to see if you know we, I could help for search and rescue and stuff like that. So, oh, awesome! Yeah. I think I, and then Thursday nights, uh, actually just got switched to Friday nights. We race, um, you know, 10 scale RC cars on a dirt track here locally. And there, there's about a dozen of us that do that. 
So I'm I'm pretty much into everything except for probably submarines. <laughs> right? Some boats. Yeah. Oh yeah, you well, have boats? I do I do have a boat, yeah. Oh. An acre <laughs> pond that uh, once in a while I'll take that little boat down there and play around with it. Oh awesome. So, oh that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Everything R C it doesn't matter. If it's uh you got a remote in your hand, I'm into it. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh so what got you interested in the hobby in the first place? Just growing up and seeing it or well, I started out, you know, riding dirt bikes and I I got a little bit crazy on them. And my father was like, well, that's, it's the end of that. You, you, it was pretty obvious I was going to hurt myself or, you know, get in trouble or whatever. So he's like, sell the dirt bike. You can do whatever you want with the money. So it wasn't an expensive dirt bike. It was probably only about $400, but I took that $400 and I went to the local hobby shop and I bought a Great Plains PT40. All and, right, perfect uh, trainer forty, nice. That's it, yep. And uh, I flew that uh, for a long time. I think I went through two of those. The first one, my dad crashed because he uh, he thought he could fly it better than me, and <laughs> <laughs> it ended within a minute of him having the controls. Uh, I think he crashed it in a, in a cornfield that was probably you know a couple hundred acres, and we just never got it back. Oh, oh wow, yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah that that wing was rubber banded on, so. I think he mm-hmm. pulled a whole bunch of back elevator and it peeled the wing off, and uh, and that was it. End of story. Yeah, long dark the rest of the plane. <laughs> yeah, and after that, I just you know we'd go to garage sales, and you know my dad would be searching for guns and stuff like that. Once in a while, I'd run across RC airplanes, and you know I'd pick them up and uh, you know fix them up and, and do all kinds of stuff with them, fix the motors, rebuild them. So it's it started at a really young age. And then I took a break for a long time. I think track and field came around and uh, I started running and pole vaulting and stuff like that. And, you know, my coach kind of knew, uh, you know, a little bit of foreshadowing that I was going to, you know, go to college on a scholarship with this. So he, you know, he got me out of football. He got me out of pretty much everything else and had me focus, you know, strictly on pole vaulting. So I took a break wow. from, you know, probably my, uh, you know, around eighth or ninth grade all the way until you know through high school through college and i picked it back up i think my last year in college um which would be around 96 flying airplanes again and i I remember seeing a guy i was living in cincinnati and there was a guy flying a small electric helicopter and he was flipping and flopping it around and i was like man that is really cool but i you know just out of college i didn't have enough money to afford something like that so i stuck with the airplanes and then uh you know after a while i you know i got into the it industry and i saved up a bunch of money and was able to afford it so i jumped right in awesome nice End of story. <laughs> or beginning a story. Yeah, beginning, beginning a story. A story uh, yeah, yeah. And the rest is history, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kevin, do you have any other questions you want to ask before we just kind of go right to the main topic? Well, I was just curious to um, what part of the country they were in. Uh, we live in Alabama right now. We we moved from around Atlanta, you know, maybe north of Atlanta by 30 minutes to way out in the country in Wadley, Alabama. Uh, oh, wow. We did that move in 2014, and uh, we mainly did it because we had an interest in, you know, one, me flying and being able to test stuff right out of the back of my uh, my shop. And then oh, also nice. we were big in, you know, I still am big into uh, uh, motocross. So to to be able to build a track on my property with along with a woods loop and all that type of stuff. So Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah. And we have events out here, probably uh, you know, small gatherings, maybe six times a year. And then 
bigger gatherings, uh, usually one in May and then another one in October. So do you still motocross? Do you still ride? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Is If the weather is good, you could uh, pretty much guarantee I'm out on the bike. You know, <laughs> nice. I'll, uh, you know, test helicopters or, you know, do my work all day long. And then, you know, I'll break out the bike for about, you know, 30 to 40 minutes, maybe a couple hours even, depending on how long I can last. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yep, I sure do. That's a, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was it, dude. Um, I was just curious to what part of the country they were in. All right. So how's uh, how's your week been? And my week was pretty good, man. All was, right, let's it was hear busy. About it it mm-hmm. was busy. Oh, you want me to go first? Yay, I get to yeah. go first. Um, Saturday went to the AMA East show that was in Sea Caucus, aka the old Ram show. Yeah, aka the old Ram show, and uh, it was set up a little different. I like the setup. Yeah, I thought it had more space, and mm-hmm. and I thought that was pretty cool. But my God, did I run into like a ton of people there, man? We finally got a chance to meet Russ Cox face to face. Yes, he's been a listener of ours for like a year at least, maybe two years now. I no. want to say like we've we been doing it two years. It seems like no, we haven't been we doing it for doing two, years. two years. It's like no. a year and a month, a year, right. a month and a half. <laughs> we've been doing this maybe two months actually. At the end of February, so. Uh, we started in what, like, early December? No, yeah, November, December of late November, yeah, early December, so 2015. yeah, so, so yeah. let's say a year and and three months, uh, four months, but but yeah, yeah it was yeah. good to meet him face to face and shake his hand. And me, me and him were talking for most of the day. It was it was cool, man. Yeah, I lost you for a couple for for a little bit, and then I saw you again, and you're still talking to Russ. But yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> Probably moved like five feet. Yeah, yeah. But uh nah, that was cool, man. I, I had a good time. Um I got a chance to see we saw I saw Steve Wattenberg. Mm-hmm. He was uh, um down there because he's up. He kinda north, did a drive by. <laughs> yeah. Kinda did a drive by. <laughs> yeah. So it was awesome to uh, see him for sure. Yeah. We saw Chad, remember Chad, the guy we used to fly with yep. Green Pond? Uh-huh. Yeah. I swear either he's getting taller or I'm getting shorter. Cause I'm like six foot. Dude, and he's he's to be tall. like six seven, dude. Easy. Yeah. I mean, wow. I even said that to him. I said, "Are you getting still get growing, dude?" Because like, man, it, I'm just either I'm not look used to looking up to people like that. But it was good to see him, man. He 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 was he was uh bed been there for like an hour, and I think was cutting mm-hmm. out at like eleven. Yeah, yeah. I saw my buddy Pete Gregory. And yeah. we were chatting about full scale stuff and yeah, he listens to the show like all the time, man. So hey Pete. Yo, what's up, Pete? <laughs> um It was funny because I met him. I met him. He like he saw me and he was like, Oh, hey, how's it going? And I was like, Oh, what's going on, Pete? And and I was like, Did you did you see Kevin? He's like, No, not yet. Yeah. I was, so I, I you know, uh thank you, Frank. I you know, Kevin was wearing your get My to shirt. the chopper. Yeah, the shirt, his shirt. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, yeah, Pete, he's wearing a white shirt with his face on it that says get to the chopper. Oh, <laughs> dude. And I got to say on this, on that topic, my wife is getting sick and tired of hearing more Dios because <laughs> all I do is run around my house going more Dios. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, could you say something else? So I got to figure something else to say. <laughs> I don't uh, know. It's just like I'm. I don't know. I don't even realize I'm saying it. Uh, that's that's weird. Uh, that's kind of weird, you're, isn't it? You're, you're probably like in bed sleeping. 
Uh, <laughs> no, it's not that bad. <laughs> oh, <Nice. okay>. uh, <laughs> oh boy! But dude, then, mm-hmm. um, Rob was there and his son, Rob yep. McKellen and Devin, and Devin cracks me up, man. Yeah, Just constantly. He's he's a pisser that kid, man. Yeah, yeah, because sure. he was because he was busting on Bill's uh, chops, man. Bill Desk Pilot. Yep, Bill's there. Uh huh. And uh, Bill's a good guy, man. Bill can dish it out and take it, man. That's one of the reasons why I like it, man. He's a, he's a good dude, definitely. And I did see Mister Jason Klein, dude. Uh, the guy that hey. we ran into down at Adams RC. Jason. Yeah, he's one of the guys I know from been up to Neat and saw him at Neat a couple of years in a row, and he was part of the I Adams RC or swap meet. I saw him go by real quick, and I didn't even get a chance to say anything to him, so. Hey Jason, it's way there. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it, man. Um, that was a really cool thing, man. Wait, we that's had a good all you time saw? Over there. That's, you didn't see anyone else? Who else did I see? You didn't see oh. our club members? Oh, I did see club members. Yeah, yeah I saw okay. Mike. I saw Mister K. And um, mm-hmm. who's that guy? The the blonde haired guy, the uh, the red haired guy that's that was with Mike. Chris, Chris? is his name. Chris. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, he sells used cars. He. Yeah. He looks like a used car lot. <laughs> I don't know. That's her going to tell a joke. No. <laughs> yeah, and I saw um, Alex was there. Alex and uh, yeah, I don't know. And, what the, and the indoor name. dude, what's his name? Yeah, he's kind of kind of a strange oh, oh, name. Em- Emirate? Emery. Yeah. Emery. Emery. That's it. Emery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were they were selling the used stuff. They were over there in the used section, but the layout was cool. I mean, I, I, I like was, the layout. Yeah. I was surprised to see where Horizon Hobby was. They didn't have the huge, like, mm-hmm. it wasn't like a trade show where people had this huge amount of floor space. They had it just yeah. kind of in aisles. And I thought it was, I thought the layout was, was pretty awesome, man. Yeah. They just I basically had the, the new products out front and at, mm-hmm. at Horizon Hobby anyway. And I got a chance to, you know, get my hands on a couple of things. Really like that Razorback. That was pretty cool. We checked mm-hmm. out a bunch of different things. Yeah. But yeah, it was nice. It was, I had a good time. Nice. Yeah, and then it went flying on Sunday morning because I had something to do Sunday afternoon. Uh, I only had a couple of batteries charged for the 570-690. So, you know, drove down there, flew with you guys for a little while. And uh, I tried to get the Oxy-3 ready. But what had happened to the Oxy-3 uh, Cube Plus, whatever it is, stretched. The same thing happened to that that happened to my 690 where those little belt guides that are in the back by the boom kind of like wore away and i was still flying it like that but it was starting to rub through the plastic so i had to order a few parts for that so what you're telling me it wasn't the helicopter's fault it wasn't the neo that i was (laughs) cursing no or or anything else it was just your uh, actually no i don't have a neo on that that's no you don't have the neo but but i'm not saying about the neo but i mean if if the issue happened on one helicopter oh and then the issue happens on a totally different helicopter that you bought new it wasn't the helicopter it was more the user <laughs> well how can it be the user when i only had one flight on the 690 that's really not i have no history with it it's like not, the first minute it, it doesn't have to be by how many flights you have on it it could just been your luck oh yeah i'll agree with you there <laughs> I just I just messing around. <laughs> now I, I was surprised to hear that um that 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 same problem did happen 
on your oxy. Was, I mean, I don't know. I beat the crap out of my oxys. I mean, granted, I don't check to see if that's worn. I don't think it is, though. Like, I've looked in there. I, I do see the two uh, tail belt guides on each side, you know, one on each side. So. Well, what happened was I I pulled out the main gear because the main gear was getting shredded. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure why, but uh, it was weird. It started off with a couple teeth missing. I talked about it last time. And then it was, yeah. uh, you know, half of the teeth were starting to get, like, ground down. And when I took the main gear out and put the new one back in, I noticed that one side of the belt was, like, cocked way up going into the tail boom and i'm like oh that doesn't look right so yeah. i took a look down in there with like a flashlight man i was like wow one's gone and one is just got the two little rollers left and it's just riding all up up and down on the two oh, little rollers boy. so yeah so i just got to order some parts i mean it's like 20 bucks in parts or whatever yeah but uh yeah so i, I didn't didn't fly that this weekend so i, I was going to charge batteries for that and and you know the but i just had i had the two big big boys out there to 570 and 690 and flew them both and had a good time with both of them man awesome how are you yeah. liking the big helis huh i really like the 690 man really like it and i can see me i can see myself turning up the the collective a little bit more um because i'm starting to do tiktoks i'm starting to stop them like rob was telling me how to stop them and bring them over a little more and stop them and, mm-hmm. and just go back and forth and and i can see myself needing a little more collective so I might, you know, it's, I started a good spot and I'll yeah. probably slowly, you know, tune it up. Well, it's not just a collective too, because you know how we were talking about in the last episode, when you do a full climb out, you want to make sure your collective is set to a point where you're not bogging the motor, right? Yeah. yeah. But, but when you're doing your TikToks and, you know, you feel like you don't have enough, I guess, stop or pop. You know, there's other settings you can set on the Neo to to give you more without, you know, putting more strain by putting more pitch, say, in your collective. When I come back and stop and now I'm going full negative and I mean full to the bottom negative just to get it to go backward mm. the other way, that's when I'm thinking maybe I should have a little bit more collective. Okay. Well, you, you might have to play with the collective at head speed then at that point. If, um, But yeah, yeah, definitely. You got a Neo. You got a V control. Play around yeah. the settings, have fun. I it. think I did when I was out there. I bumped it up a little bit. I mean, I'm down to like I'm I'm way down. I'm down to like eighty or something now. I think I moved it up to eighty five. Are you talking about the agility, or are you talking about the? Oh, you're talking about the collective, uh, the number, right? Of, yeah. Of the throw. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you went up to like eighty five. You said. Yeah. Okay. And curious. then. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, curious though. Set it to where you like it, and then put a pitch gauge on it and see what pitch you actually enjoy. I'm just curious to know what number that is, you know. Yeah, I'd like to get some more flights on it. Yeah, though. yeah, definitely fly it and get used to it and get to get to a part where you're like, okay, this feels good. I, I feel like I can progress. I can learn. I don't need to adjust it anymore. And then I'm just curious to see what pitch number um, feels good for you. Just yeah, just pure curiosity. No judgment at you know if it's low or high. Oh, or I don't care. Don't matter. You can call me whatever you want. You know I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Then I started another project. Uh oh. What is yeah. this project? This project is I'm going to see how cheap I can build a 3D printer, and build? it's based. Yeah, build a 3D printer, and it's based off of a YouTube show that I started watching, but this guy from Germany, I started watching him about a year ago 
just does reviews and stuff and tips and tricks on, on 3D printing. And he uses the Prusa or Pusa. It's a kind of a cheap 3D printer to begin with. But he's that ordered, the one with the three arms that go down no, into okay. No, no, this is your basic like bed slides back and forth. Okay. Um, you know, and you have your Z axis on, on each side going up and down. Mm-hmm. And I guess your Y, right? Is the back and mm-hmm. forth horizontally. Horizontally. Yeah. 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 So I'm up to, I have, um, I'm probably going to make the, the platform itself out of either aluminum or, or plywood. I ha- still have to get the steppers and a couple of other pieces of hardware, but I have the extruder. I have a lot of the, I have the controller. Um, I have the power supply. I didn't have to purchase that. Nice. You know, the feed tube, the feed, uh, gear. And I think I'm up to like 60 bucks shipped right now. Okay. So I'm waiting on those parts. I think I could probably get this thing built for like right around a hundred bucks. So can you just build two? Yeah, sure. Well, you know what my, <laughs> what my plan is to see how this, it's a, it's an Arduino based, uh, controller with a Rams board or okay. a ramps board. Um, yeah. And he said, you know, it's kind of a little antiquated. You can go for better stuff, but if you want to go cheap or, you know, just try it out, he was going to show you how to do all this stuff. So, uh, mm-hmm. so I went with that. And if, you know, if this works out, then I'm thinking, you know what? We could build a, a platform for your laser printer or laser cutter the same yeah. way. We, we could build a platform for a CNC the same way, you know? Yeah. Just make it larger. Yeah. It sounds good. So I'll keep everybody, uh, in the loop as to how that's going. Like I need another freaking project, but I was like, you know what? For for something cheap, you know, I ordered the stuff. It's on a slow boat, so from China. So when I get it, I get it. Right. And uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how it is. Awesome. You know me. I won't. I won't pull any punches when it comes to what I feel about this thing. Yeah. yeah and yeah. since I have a good one that works now, that is almost flawless every time. I have a good base to compare it to, you know. And I know there's going to be more tinkering with this one in setup and all that but uh i think i'm more experienced with 3d printing now so i can I, i'll have you know some way of basing it yeah you know and plus you, you're gonna need a 3d printer to probably print parts for that i'm guessing like you know joiners or yeah possibly. you know bearing holders or something you know however you want to do your access movement with the separate motors if it's going to be like a, a ribbon driven or is it a screw driven you know yeah, and if this works out, I wanted to make a a printer that had a big enough platform where I could buy the 3D Labs plane and just start printing planes out too. Yes. I didn't want to spend $400 on a printer uh and then buy the, and then and start, you know what I mean? Cuz that then yeah. it's like now it's a $400 plane is in my mind. So, I don't know. So if 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 it's like 100 150 bucks for a printer and mm-hmm. I put it together, put the time in and then maybe, you know, get the get stuff printed out and slowly piece it together you know i, I just do it that way yeah no, sounds good in my head i can justify it true hobbyist yeah exactly so how's your week been man uh week's been great it's um you know so yeah we went to the ama east show which was it was a lot of fun um didn't have too much time was, uh, i wanted to you know Maria and, and Chloe came with me, and we wanted to grab lunch after. You want to um, hit that the, buffet? Hit that buffet right there by uh, Insacaucus there. So we didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to take too long, but I had I had an objective, right? I had goals. So 
you know, for any any I want, you know, for anyone who came up to me or talked to me, and you know, I might have rushed a little. I apologize. I was just on a little bit of a time constraint to uh, make sure I get the stuff I needed, and I'll kind of go into what stuff I got. But um, but yeah, I you know, we met up with uh, you know, Russ Cox, uh, Steve Weinberg, um, Mr. K, you know, Mike, the club president, Chris, Pete. Uh, Perry was there. Oh, Jimmy was there. I know. didn't see. I didn't see those guys. Yeah, I didn't see Perry or yeah, Pete. Was, yeah, Pete, your friend Pete. Um, you know, I met up with him. I definitely like the layout better. It was, I mean, some parts was just as congested as the uh, previous years, but yeah. some parts was like, okay, I can walk here. Like you know, it's a little bit more room. The swap meet area was way better laid out. Um, yeah. It wasn't just like a bunch of horseshoes because that's what I remember from the old one. It was like, <laughs> like you kind of go in and then it's like it's a dead end. You gotta come back out and then go down and it's another dead end. And you know, I thought for sure you were gonna say it wasn't like a bunch of horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you think? No. Uh, I thought that's where you were going. <laughs> um, and also, <laughs> the stuff that was there wasn't. I don't know if this was a good thing or or bad thing. So. You know, one of my main reasons to go to the show was to get stuff for the 59-inch revolver that you gave me. Right. Um, and, you know, one of the hopes I had was, I remember in the previous swap meets, there was like, I was always seeing tons of old Nitro Motors for sale. Um, like, just, you know, one after another from all the different vendors that were, you know, um, there. The swap meet vendors, you know, not not the... The other, the actual, like, brand new stuff that you would buy. But um, this year I went and really there's only one person that had any motors, really. Was um, that the guy on the right in the corner? Yeah, the right in the corner. Him, him and his uh, his uh, wife, it looked like, you know, was, and very nice, you know. I was like, oh, I see a brand new OS Max uh, 46 size two-stroke nitro motor. Um, it looked brand new in the box. I've I never got a motor before, so I don't know what it really looks like, new or not. But uh, you know, the piston was clean, everything was clean. It looked new, and I asked him how much, and he's like seventy bucks. And I was like, oh, okay. Around the table, he had a big white bin of like just nitro motors, just you know, loose, just nitro motors. So I was like, oh, let me check your bin first and just see if there's anything that would work for me in there. Just because I don't mind rebuilding a motor, like I'll buy a piston and sleeve. And a connecting rod or crankshaft, whatever I need to rebuild a motor. If you know, but that's experience. I you know that I can learn to rebuild. Right, and, sure. And also, like if I could get it for like twenty bucks, you know, why not? <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm going through it, and I was like, oh, these are forty size, bigger, smaller. I'm like, okay, there's no forty six in here. And I go back to the other side of the table. I'm like, okay, so, oh wait, where, where's the forty six? He was like, oh, I just sold them all. I was like, what? Uh. So I kind of missed out on that. But, you know, that didn't deter me. I was just like, okay, now what do I need? I need I need the, you know, fuel tank. I need this. I need that. I, so I bought everything else. I bought five high-tech, you know, servos for, for base. I guess I need five. One for the tail, one yeah. for the horizontal, one for um, the rudder, two for the ailerons, and then I guess one for the throttle. So... I bought yeah. five, and you know, I got it for a decent price. I think it was like eleven bucks each. Oh, that's you know? good. Yeah, um, you know, they're seven point four. They're not like 
high high voltage, but they can handle 7.4 volts. They produce uh, you know well enough torque from the specs that the uh, revolver needed. So and they're full size servos. So I was like, all right, let me give them a try. So I got that. I got. I just got you know. I I bought. I needed a 11 by 55 or 11 by six props. I bought two wooden props there. It was like three dollars or three dollars each. So I bought a couple of those there. You know, I just I kind of got everything I needed except for the nitro motor. Nice. Um, so that was good. And then I think it was like the day after. I'm looking on eBay and I was like, oh look at this. It's an OS 46 motor with the muffler I needed because it doesn't use a standard like canister out the the side. It uses what they call the pit style muffler, which is a canister and then two pipes coming out. So yeah. that way that you have basically when you look at the front of the plane, you just have like the cow cover and then just basically two pipes sticking down. So this is exactly the muffler and motor I needed. It was $65 on eBay or best offer. I said, how about 55? He said, yes. So oh, I got nice. it for, you know, 55 plus whatever, 10 bucks shipping, whatever it was. So uh, well under, you know, the price that I want to spend. I didn't want to spend more than like 60, 70 bucks. So, so that's good. And then I was like, okay, I need a front cow because the one that uh, was on the plane was, you know, a little beat up. Yeah. So that was like 20, 22, 24 bucks or whatever it was. So I ordered that too from eBay. Oh, wow. I thought it was like 15. No, it's, wow. the parts for that are kind of expensive, I noticed. Uh, oh. You know, something like a whole fuselage you get for 100, which isn't bad. But, you know, when you're talking about like a cow, like the, the you know how the, the landing gears didn't have um, uh, the wheel pants? Yeah. Those are like $30 for the set. I'm just like, yeah, I don't need wheel pants. <laughs> no. You know, like I don't need that to fly. But I do need a cow. I don't want to look all, you know, raggedy with a cow that's either broken or, or not on there. So, so yeah, you know, no, that's, cool. that's fine. Yeah. So I think in, I'm going to get everything this week, but I think not this weekend coming up or the day after this podcast gets uh, released. I think the following week I should have that plane ready for a maiden. Damn dude. You're like a machine. Yeah. Yeah. I looked at the, the storch sitting on my bench just today and I was like, mm. I don't really remember. What, oh, I was printing stuff out. I'm waiting yeah. on nuts and bolts for that. It's funny because how long do you have that revolver sitting in your shed? <laughs> Hanging in my garage for like yeah. two years, easy, three years maybe. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. Weekend after I got it, I'm like, okay, what do I need? Yeah. Okay, done. All right. Let's put this thing together. I, you know. Well, um, you're already now involved with the nitro crowd. Yeah. So. The nitro crowd. Yeah, hanging so out with those folks, huh? You're hanging out with those nitro guys. <laughs> yeah, so Sunday we flew. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, the people are going to be like, oh, man, look look how he's turned the tides. You know, so I, I had a couple of flights on the electric. Not only is he a heli guy now, he's that nitro guy. I know, man. I can't listen to the show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I flew some electric, you know, three or four flights on the oxy. Uh, four flights on the 380, couple three flights on the Black Thunder, and then two under Synergy uh, 766. I'll come back to the 766 because I did have an incident. And, you know, if you follow our Facebook page, you'll know what the incident is. But I got about four flights on the Nitro. And, boy, I am enjoying the crap out of that heli now. Nice. Uh, it's still breaking in the engine. You know, I just about got done with the fourth flight. 
I had like probably about a half a tank to a tank left of nitro from a gallon. So all in all, it looks like I'm getting about seven flights per gallon, seven or eight flights. I don't run the tank completely dry, so let's say about eight flights per gallon. That's um, that's expensive. I thought a gallon was breaking. Well, yeah. So, so I'm still breaking it in. <laughs> so you you haven't run a full gallon through it yet? No, I mean I'm I'm one tank away from a full gallon. Oh, okay, okay. So pretty much a full gallon. So it's the motor still needs you know tuning. But it's producing good power. It, you know, knock on wood, I haven't had a, a burnout or flame out or whatever you call it. So, you know, I, I haven't had to auto it down or anything. It's been flying good. The engine's been holding on strong. You know, Rob, our friend, you know, he keeps on like telling me, he's like, every time, you know, you do another flight, another flight, like, I hear that engine sounding better and, and you're, you're, you have more gas in the fuel tank. So it's basically breaking in and, you know, you're using less fuel. It's, it's kind of running better. Yeah. So I think soon we'll, I'll start like, you know, going a couple of clicks on the needle on the high side just to lean it out just a tad. And I don't, I don't really care if I only get a seven minute flight and, and I'm running rich, you know, if I, if, the, if it's producing enough power for me, I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with running it safe. You know, everything I do on my electrics, I'm doing on this helicopter already. But I'm doing it more consciously and more reserved. So I'm not going crazy quick on the cyclic. Not cyclic, really, the collective. You know, I'm not banging the left stick around a lot. But I am doing Mobius and Pure Flips. And, you know, I'm doing slow hurricanes and, and funnels. Um, so I'm doing everything I normally do. Um, you know, bunny hops. Um, I'm doing those just a little bit slower, a little bit more like graceful i guess isn't a slow hurricane just a turn i guess <laughs> <laughs> so i'm doing slow turns doing slow turns circuits though they're circles that's what okay makes it a hurricane or a funnel right i don't know i have no idea what i'm doing i just go out there and try to keep it in front of me keep it in front of you and not over your head and not on the ground unintentionally <laughs> yeah kevin's doing tiktoks duck yeah. So, but the last flight, the fourth flight of, on the heli, you know, I was hearing something weird. Okay, what's that weird vibration noise? You know, and I'm looking at the heli and I'm like, I see smoke. Everything looks okay. Oh, Rob's like, I think your tailboom support fell. It's falling off. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Let me land it. Land it. And yeah, sure enough, I lost a bolt on the tailboom support. You know, the part oh. that goes onto the frame and not. The part that goes onto the uh, horizontal fin and the, on the tail boom. Okay. So, you know, it was, you know, the other part was tight. So it didn't move, but it was just rattling because the bolt's missing. Um, uh-huh. So, you know, I benched the heli after that. All right, let's go back to the Synergy. So after the after that, I flew the Synergy two flights. First flight, banging the crap out of it. Just, just abusing the heli, you know, like full collective, whatever. You know, back and forth, full collective cycling TikToks. Like I just, whatever, you know, just throwing whatever I got into it. Um, cool, awesome, land, land and heli, everything's good. I go put in my second battery pack, and I'm like, okay, tailblades are still there. <laughs> the tailblades there. I don't <laughs> see any more chips. Okay, 
I think the head dampener is extending the boom a little. Man, you fixed that quick, man. Yeah. I, I mean, that day when after uh, last week, and I ordered the parts, so Matt got it shipped out to me. Um, I had it by, uh, was it Friday? So Friday night or Saturday, I, I rebuilt it. Nice. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I got all the stuff in, and I, and everything was good. I was like, all right, cool. Let me throw in the second battery pack. I start flying. Uh, Muse is there now, so he's watching me sitting uh, to my left or standing to my left. And, you know, I'm doing my normal stuff. I start out, and then I'm, I'm flying towards me, nose in, and I do a big loop, big power loop. You know, not really at myself, but to the left, coming at yeah, myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, big power loop, you know, come out of it, and I'm like, and I'm trying to turn right. So I bank the heli to the right, and I'm trying to give right rudder, and I'm like, why isn't the rudder, why isn't the heli turning? It's just tilting, and I'm like, ooh, ooh, this is kind of weird. Um, and then I, I keep on trying, you know, I try going left, I try going right, so I'm moving the tail a little, and then stops moving, I'm moving the tail a little, stops moving, I'm like, ooh, this, this isn't right, something is weird, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this, Kevin, but when you're... When you've been flying for a while and you lose just one control, it feels weird because naturally your thumbs are coordinated. So yeah. I'm going right on the cyclic and down while I'm trying to do right rudder to like kind of, you know, do a right hand bank turn. But the rudder's not moving, but the helicopter's tilting <laughs> and, and pulling back. So it's just like, oh, well, this is weird. Uh, so yeah, I hit throttle hold. You know, first thing I do, it's like before I hit throttle, I'm like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. I lost the tail. Okay, hit throttle hold. I float the thing down. I mean, I literally could look at my phone or my watch. Like, I could pull out my phone, look at it, go look, go look at the helicopter again, and it'd still be in the air. Um, nice. And I wasn't that high. I was only about 50 feet or maybe 60 feet or something like that. Was um, it was it pirouing at all? No, no, were- no. It was just locked. The tail was just locked. I couldn't move it. Oh, okay. So I'm like, okay, this is weird. I, you know, I, I'm, I don't have control of the tail. I don't have control uh, of the heli, full control of the heli, I'll say. So throw out a hole. Yeah, that must have been strange. And I just literally just floated it down so slowly, gracefully at the end, just went, you know, a little positive and just went Dick, on the ground, just like it was planned you know, landing on the runway kind of deal. Like just smooth yeah. as can be. No, I thought you had I thought you had lost the tail completely. No, no, it wasn't pairing on me. I was lucky. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So, you know, I walk up to the heli and, you know, the servos are loud. I got the cordless BKs in there sort of like you know, making that buzzing noise of cordless servos. And I look at it and I'm like, oh, so what happened? I put, I'm like first thing I thought was I lost the tail. Um, either to put the the tail push rod came off, or maybe I lost the um, like a pin or something in the tail. Um, what is that called? Not the lever, but the slider. Yeah, yeah. Because yep. I replaced the end on one of them because I, you know, I bore out one of the ends a little too much when I first got the the Bodo sizer. So I was like, so I replaced that when I got you know when I made the parts order. And I was like, oh, maybe I lost a pin and something fell out and I lost the tail. I look at it. I was like, oh, no, everything looks fine. Okay. I push on the tail push rod. Eh, eh, eh. I'm like, it's making crazy noise. And I'm able oh, to push geez. fully back and forth to each, you know, uh, endpoint position. 
And I was like, oh, yeah, there goes my, my tail servos are gone. I stripped out tail servo gears midair and was lucky enough that the tail was just kind of holding in whatever uh, position it was in. So, so still countering the, the main rotor uh, rotation, but yeah. I just wasn't able to turn it one way or another. Like, it was just locked. Good thing it wasn't locked one way or the other, man. Well, yeah, like the opposite way, rough. full rudder or something, yeah. right? Um, yeah, so I basically, you know, I, I did a little video I posted. Um, I messaged BK Servos, their customer support, and I was like, yeah, so, you know, I'm not... I'm not I don't go into any of this stuff like when when I my main blades hit the tail blades. I don't go into it ever thinking like, oh, your product sucks. Like this happened. I go into right. it like, does this happen often? I just want to know if this is something that's been reported before. Not looking for replacement gears or replacement parts or anything like that. I just want the advice. Like, oh yeah, maybe on a bigger helis, the seven thousand six, um, you know, tail servo isn't a good fit. Maybe you know, who knows. So, you know, I give a full explanation in the, the little write-up, like, okay, I'm flying the 7, Synergy 766 and 806. I have the 7006 servo in the tail. And, you know, I count my flights, and I had, that was my 19th flight or 20th flight. And I, you know, lost the tail. It stripped out the gears completely. This was Sunday night. I get an email Monday morning, probably around like 9, 10 o'clock. And the first thing is like, Oh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm really sorry to hear that this happened, and blah blah blah. For full disclosure, there was a batch of a small batch of gears that were that went in the seven thousand six that wasn't like I guess pressed right or however they make it. You know, wasn't like produced and quality control wasn't done right on or whatever it was from the manufacturer from you know China basically, and. That, you know, we've only had, like, three reported issues of this happening from selling thousands of, of these servos. And I'm reading the email and it continues. And then, you know, last bit was like, you know, we're so sorry again. And we'll ship out new gears to you immediately. And I was like, awesome. Yeah, I mean, oh, my, cool. my helicopter's not damaged. So really, the only thing that's broken is the gears. And I'm getting replacement gears. And and uh, the, one of the last things they said is like, you know, we we resolved the issue with the the bad gears. The, you know, these replacement gears. I you know I, I'm ensuring that you won't have this problem again. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll give it a shot. Uh, you know. So yeah. Um, yesterday afternoon, I get a tracking number. I see that my email that I I, you know, that I used to uh, sign up for the account for BK Servos. You know, I get an order. It's like an order number, price zero. Get a tracking number. I'm gonna get those gears by Friday, which is awesome. That means cool. I'll have that bird back in the air by Sunday. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Um, you know, and and Frank, you know, Mordillos said, Mordillos, uh, <laughs> Mordillos. You know, and and you know, he made a point. He's like, yeah, I use BK Servos because they're customer service. You know, like he likes brands with about customer service, and you know, this is. This just like Synergy is top notch customer service. You know, something didn't come to me correctly or something broke or something bad, a flaw. And right away, first instinct is to let's make the customer know that he's supported. We'll send you out the replacement part and you know, hopefully this doesn't happen again. So I love it. Nice. Yeah. 
All right, so let's go right into the main topic here, Synergy Helicopters. So tell our listeners uh, about the history of Synergy Helicopters. How long has it been around and you know how did it come to form what it is today? Uh, it's got one of the more interesting histories of, of any of the helicopters out there or helicopter companies out there today. Uh, it started back in, God, I would say around 2004 when uh, Jason Krause and Todd Bennett left Miniature Aircraft mm-hmm. and decided to start a company of their own. Um, and with that, uh, Stephen Fan was the investor at the time, and he, he was an investor over in China. Uh, him and his partner, Albert, I believe it, what, it was his name. Um, so Jason designed the helicopter, and there were, there were some pretty uh, heated times, I guess, between Jason and Stephen, and Todd always had to play the mediator and whatnot. And, okay. Uh, it, it, at one point, they thought, you know, this isn't going to work. We're going we're gonna to pull the plug just because those two couldn't get along. Right. Uh, you know, Stephen being the big money man, he's a you know billionaire over in there in China. He didn't like hearing any type of, uh, you know, any type of lip from Jason Krause. Which, you know, if anybody, any any of you guys out there know Jason Krause at, the, at that time, he had quite the attitude, and and he was, uh, you know, is an interesting guy to, to say the least. Mm-hmm. So okay. once you get to know him, he's a great guy. But uh, anyway, so they released that helicopter finally around. 2006 and um after that you know we went uh probably until 2008 and you know actually immediately right after the release it was probably a couple months after jason got an offer from a line and he left synergy so he kind of left synergy without a designer um todd said hey do you know how to you know use cad can you design parts you know are you comfortable with this i said well heck yeah I'll tackle that. You know, I'll get familiar with uh, the software and uh, and let's see what we can do. So he approached Stephen with that and said, "Let's put this guy on a salary, and you know, he can start designing and doing uh, upgrades for the N9. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, do a do an E9 and, and and just let's see where it goes." So I did that. I did the N9 SE. I did the E9 conversion, and then I, I proposed the N5 to uh, the investor at that time and. Uh, you know, designed it back in God, 2008 and Steven just sat on it and sat on it and sat on it. And it, it was obvious that he wasn't really into it anymore. He was racing, uh, I believe he was racing uh, some kind of Lotus class over there in China. So he was really hardcore into uh, uh, the race scene out there. Right. So um, I believe it was around 2009-ish when we got the bad news that Steven Fan had died uh, racing uh you know, his race car. Oh man. And I guess uh, wow. he went and he, he was, he was trying to pass a guy and he cut over too early and his rear bumper caught the other guy's front bumper and sent Steven, you know, oh, tumbling no. around. and this is, I believe it was some kind of open cockpit type of car, almost like a, a formula one car or something like right, that. Like an open and, wheel car. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the, the car landed, um, on the guardrail, I believe, uh, right on the cockpit. So it, it's uh, just, just crushed wow. him immediately. Jeez. Oh, so yeah, it was it was pretty violent. So we got that news, and uh, you know, Albert, the other investor, approached me. He said, "You know, Stephen would have wanted to see the N5 finished and released." So I was I was like, "Okay, well, let's let's do that." And uh, so we did that. And shortly after that, Albert just became a ghost. Couldn't get in touch with him. Couldn't speak with him. Uh, you know, wouldn't respond to emails. So I was like, "Oh boy, this is bad news." And 
I don't know if you guys are familiar with Nautica clothing. It was big back, back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. He was the, uh, basically the guy that, uh, you know, had the factory that made all the Nautica clothing. So this guy is, you know, a billionaire. You know, yeah. He doesn't need any type of income from the RC industry, which, you know, basically a drop in the bucket for him. So he, he basically just fell off the map. And, you know, all the times that I visited China, I, I got to know a few machine shops over there and, and developed a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so without the contact of Albert, I, I, I went to one of the machine shops and I said, hey, look, let's, you know, let's partner up on this. Um, I want to basically take over Synergy. I want you guys to be my sole machine shop and, you know, let's do this. And, you know, so they agreed on it and we, we basically tackled it and, and that was it. I, I revamped the N5. So the first N5 had this big Pelican looking canopy on it. And yeah. I never liked the canopy. Um, it was Steven's uh, request that I make it look a little bit more like the N9. Uh, so I had two two different versions of the canopy, the Pelican looking one and the one that became the N5C later on. So once I took over the company, I basically revamped the N5 exactly how I wanted to do it, called it the N5C and uh, huh? released it. So that was basically the first release that I had um, on my own uh, uh, was the N5C. And after that, I mean, it's, it's pretty much history. I, I released the... Uh, the E6, E7, which was a kit that uh, allowed you to either build it as a 600 electric or 700 electric. And initially released it as a belt. And as a 600, it did great. As a 700, the belt really didn't do so well. So I revamped that and released it as the E7 SE, which was a strictly torque tube 700 class helicopter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sold very well. Um, shortly after that, I believe I did the... God, what was it, the E5 or uh, the N7? I think the E5. No, yeah. It was either the E5 or the N7, one of the two in, the, in that same area there. Um, both of those are great helicopters. E5, super reliable. N7, the yeah. lightest class nitro helicopter still on the market today. And it's you know probably a three- or four-year-old design. Um, also, the first nitro 700 with a neutral CG-located uh, fuel tank. Right, um, yeah. So and direct that, swash, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I, I really, really enjoy flying that helicopter, but I still feel like I can do some improvements to that. So, you know, maybe within the next couple of years, I'll look at uh, doing some small improvements and re-releasing that as, uh, I don't know, N7 something or another. Yeah, special edition um, or something. Yeah. E2. Lately, we've been flying uh, almost every weekend with a uh, father-son team that fly the N7. Oh yeah, yeah. quite Great. a bit. Yeah, yeah. you They're probably know them. Right? Um, What's their name? Uh, Rob McClellan and Devin McClellan. They sound familiar. Yeah, yeah. yeah Rob yeah. bought the kit from you um, at Urch. I think well, he said not not last year, but the year before, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then recently, um, they bought another one. So <laughs> yeah, uh, they, I really they're really that, loving it. Nitro's really making a comeback here, and uh, just recently, mm-hmm. Bobby and. Uh, you know, Bobby and Bobby Watts and Kyle Stacy just approached me and said, "Hey, we want to we want to buy ourselves some N7s." I said, "Well, absolutely. Yeah. I'm I'm not going to stop you from that." <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh-huh. uh, yeah, I mean, and they're absolutely loving it. You know, he, he posts up on Facebook. He loves the design, and 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 yeah. that's something to be said for somebody that you know. Kyle just left uh, SAB, and mm-hmm. Bobby 
Uh, Bobby left Gowie a while back and he's been doing his own thing, but uh, right. something to be said for two really, you know, high end pro pilots to, to want to fly the N seven on their own accord. Yeah. No sponsorships, no nothing. And they yeah. just want to fly that helicopter. So I was really pleased to, uh, to have them uh, uh, approach me and, and want to fly it. So really looking forward to some, some videos and some, uh, you know, stuff they put out there. Oh yeah. yeah. But, That's awesome. Definitely. But yeah, after the N seven was the, uh, the seven, six, six. And that was, uh, you know, I, I just started uh, designing in 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 the uh, uh, for a, a medium, I'd say 750 class, and you know I really didn't know where I wanted to go with it. I just knew that I wanted big, robust tail gears, big transmission. Mm-hmm. Everything was going to be super robust and and virtually indestructible. And you know, if you've ever crashed a 766, I've yet to see um, anyone strip any of those 24 tooth bevel gears. It is really. It, yeah, I almost have um, designed myself out of a job here because that, <laughs> right. I, 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 I kid you not, I have the same uh, batch of tail gears on the wall that uh, from from the first batch. I mean, they just no don't way. stop. Wow. Yeah, it is it is absolutely amazing I mean, how, how durable those things are. Wow, not even in a crash, but like just you know normal wear and tear from hundreds and hundreds of flights. I mean, how yeah. long has the seven six six been out? At least what two years? You know, I think now didn't we release last year, early last year? Yeah, we released February last year. Now I've been testing it for I've been testing it for uh, a year before that, so I've I've had one for two years, but the public didn't get them until February of last year. Uh, Okay. Yeah. But even a year, you think you know, for folks down in like you know where Kyle is, like Florida, who could fly year round. I mean, they've got to put hundreds of flight on on that heli and. And yeah. like just from wear and tear, you would think eventually you would need to replace the gear just for slop. It is, or it is just incredible. You know, wow. the, the I'm glad I bought I, one. I've, <laughs> I had I had over a thousand flights on my prototype, and that thing, it's like uh, it's it's too good. I mean, literally, it's you know, the, I think I I chipped, you know, in one of my crashes, I chipped the 139 tooth uh, main gear, and that's another mm-hmm. durable one. It uses the yeah. same main gear as the uh, the N7. Um, that gear, and I think you'll probably take out the, the big uh, tail gear before you take out the um, the smaller twenty four tooth gear. Um, okay. But uh, it is just it's just a fantastic durable helicopter. Oh, that's so, great to hear. <laughs> yeah, it's the flagship for sure. I mean, the model is designed to be the flagship. I wanted it to be damn near indestructible. So it is that it's not making me a lot of money just because once you have one, as long as you don't absolutely, you know, blade stop it and just destroy the thing, it's going to be, it's going to last you, you know, the lifetime of your, of your, you know, as long as you want to fly it, it's going to last you. It's, wow. it's mouse. That's great. I really like the way that thing looks. I liked it ever since I first saw it. Yeah, yeah. I went out on a limb there. I, you know, being big into motocross and any type of motor sports, I looked at the side by sides, the dirt bikes, the jet skis, and everything mm-hmm. has in that world has a, a slightly different, more aggressive look to it than than we do. We have more of this almost like an alien uh, pod, you know, very smooth lines and right. everything's very curvy. I was like, you know what? I want to go a completely different direction with this and adopt that motorsport look into uh, a helicopter and so that's that's exactly what i did awesome let's kind of go right into the design of your helicopters like when you when you 
come up with these helicopters, let's say the 766, since that's your, your latest design. I mean, how do you come up with the layout of the servos? Like, how do you come up with the geometry and the, you know, how many, I'm, I'm guessing there's a lot of revisions when from, from your first version in prototyping to, to what I, you know, what I bought off the shelf kind of deal. Well, kind of walk us through that process. Yeah, it, it all starts with the, for me, it starts with the control system. Obviously, where you want your servos, how you mm-hmm. want your geometry, you know, the, the swash blade all the way up to the head. So, you know, that's, that's kind of your, your meat and potatoes. There's, there's no real, I mean, there can be aesthetics involved with it. And I try to put looks and, you know, appearance into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the geometry is something that, that's set right away. And pretty much you can mess with the geometry a little bit, but the fly barless systems today, uh, they like a certain geometry. You've got a, a window there that you have to stay within if you want it to fly correctly. Right. Um, so there's that. And once you get the control system designed and then you start uh, designing where do you want your batteries, where do you want your motor? Do you want it in the front? You mm-hmm. want it in the back? Um, obviously, you got to consider CG. Um, so a lot of times the motor, it really has to go in the front with something that's a, a direct drive servo. Otherwise you're going to end up with something that's super tail heavy. Right. Um, and then of course the, the customer demands, do they want, uh, you know, everybody wants a battery tray these days. Yeah. Um, do they want belt? Do they want torque tube? Um, so all of the, the customer desires kind of come into play. Um, and you kind of put all that together and you, you, you know, you just you know, start, you know, kind of molding. It's almost like it's being molded out of clay because it really, it kind of morphs. You know, you, you don't start mm-hmm. with, you know, you start with an idea or a concept, but then once you start doing that, you you end up with small challenges that determine the course of the design of the helicopter. Um, so those little challenges kind of, you know, they, they put you in a position where it's like, okay, I still want it to look a certain way. So, you know, you, you change things here, change things there. And mm-hmm. you know, it really, it kind of takes on a life of its own. And then you, you know, just kind of let it rest for a while. And you come back to it after a day or two saying, nah, I don't really like the way that looks. I'm going to, you know, move the frames around a little bit, change some of the holes or, you know, but that's really, you know, the, the, the meat and potatoes, the control system, the geometry, everything you can, you can do that in a couple of days. Um, it's really how you want it to look and the placement and everything that kind of determines, uh, that, that's really how it sells. I mean, the goblin has really deter or, or proven that the way a helicopter looks is going to sell more than the way it functions. Yeah. Um, you know, not taking anything away from SAB. It's a, it's a fantastic design, but, um, the, the looks of that helicopter have sold it, uh, 100%. Oh, um, yeah. But other than that, um, you know, canopy design is is everything. You know, you can have the the best mechanical design out there, mm-hmm. and if your canopy's ugly, forget it. You're not going to sell any of them. It's it's unfortunate. It's like that. But uh, let's face it, you don't go to a car lot and you know buy a car based on uh, what's under the hood. At least most people don't. Right. You know, some of the more educated, more you know, motorhead guys will pop the hood and say, "Oh, I, you know, I like this turbo design over over this." Or, but mm-hmm. most people are just looking at the curves, the lines. They get in the car, they drive it, they like how it feels, and and you know, it's 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 a purchase based on uh, 
you know, a feeling that you get when you drive the car and when you sit in it. So sure. you know, same yeah. thing when you look at a helicopter, when you, when you look at it for the first time, you're like, Oh man, that thing really looks cool. I've got to have it. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're emotional beings. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're kind of vain in that aspect where like you see something you're like, Ooh, that looks good. Or it doesn't, you know, it couldn't, yeah. it might not yeah. be a cup of tea, but, um, but definitely. Like- one of the, the the most challenging designs I had was the N7 because I knew right away it's like I want to design this with the neutral CG involved. Yeah. Um, and I had major CG challenges with that thing because my my CNC shop said, okay, you can't go over. Um, I can't remember what the the diameter of the gear was, but they put a restriction on it uh, based on their machining capabilities. Right. And, I just I could not get it to work with that restriction. And I finally said, look, you're going to have to find a way to make this work with uh, this size main gear that I want, because otherwise we don't have a helicopter. I couldn't get the the motor placed far enough forward to get the thing to CG. So, you know, finally they figured it out and said, okay, we can do it, you know, do as big of a main gear as you want. And, you know, that's that's why I did that big 139 tooth main gear. And that allowed me to get the motor forward, allowed me to, uh, you know, get everything in place to where that thing would CG with the, the tank in a neutral position. And it, it worked out beautifully. Awesome. So, yeah, I think that's one of the longest uh, design periods I ever spent. It was, you know, it was probably, oh, man, uh, what I I probably spent at least what, six months on yeah, that. I'd say. Yeah. That's a great design. That was one of the first things I noticed was. The placement of the fuel tank. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I thought that yeah, was that, genius. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That one took quite a long time. So I still to this day, it's one of my favorite helicopters to fly. And uh, old school or not, I, I still love nitro. It's got a, uh-huh. it's got a certain feel to it. You know, the, the weight oh, of yeah. a nitro is what, two, three pounds lighter than a 700 class uh, electric. So you uh-huh. don't have. You know, you don't have a, a eight or ten horsepower motor, but you have three pounds less, which which makes it feel lighter in the air. So yeah. it's uh it's something else. It's a different animal. I mean, I recently just got into nitro. I mean, just got into nitro. I think I had two weekends with my. I bought a used uh, T Rex seven hundred nitro to start with, just kind of like dip my toes. Do I want to really spend all this money? And already I'm like Kevin. So. uh Whenever you're ready to buy my <laughs> T-Rex 700 Nitro, I want to buy the Synergy N7. <laughs> because, I mean, you know, word on the street, like, that is the helicopter to get. Um, hands down, like, if you're getting a Nitro in 700 class, you either go N5C Torque 2 for the 500 size, or you go with the N7. And that's, like, okay, you know. Um, I see him fly every weekend, and... They're great. And I didn't notice, I didn't know how light it was until I actually looked it up as I was doing some research. It's like, I think, what, nine pounds? Nine, nine point something? Uh, you should come somewhere around nine and a half to yeah. nine and three quarters. And anything, any Nitro 700 class under 10 pounds is going to do really well. Uh, yeah. Back in the day with the N9, I believe I was, oh my God, it was probably 11. Okay. It, was, it was really heavy. It was a great flying machine, but uh, back yeah. in that day, if you were 11 or 12 pounds, you were, you were in the game. Right, uh, right. Yeah, it wasn't until Carl Bonta did the uh, uh, fueled by hate conversion, which mm-hmm. dropped. Oh, it dropped substantially. It dropped into the low tens, which made that machine really fly well. 
So I mean, <clears throat> that's Kevin, when I that's, learned. Yeah, right. that's when I learned how, how serious it was to to try to get uh, below ten pounds. Man, I mean, I I was just blown away. I couldn't believe how light a seven hundred heli could be. Because Kevin and I come from you know planes to electric helis. It was all electric. We never messed with nitro. Not even on the plane side. It was just all electric. So um, when I first started getting my seven hundreds, you know, Goblin seven hundred, um, the logos and stuff. It's it was like eleven, twelve, thirteen pounds. You know, that was kind of normal. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. to think that like whoa, under ten pounds swinging the same blade size and everything i just i was like oh oh boy i gotta i gotta try this nitro thing yeah, um, yeah it really you can really feel it towards you know middle of the tank to the end yeah of the tank. it just gets so light and you can really throw it around mm-hmm. it's uh it's something else nice so what what's your background i know you said you went to college you know um you did some it work do you have like an engineering background to come up with you know well, all these designs I, I and I did two years, uh, basically an electrical engineering degree, an associate's electrical engineering degree. And then I changed um, midway through college because I was like, you know what? It's, I'm just not really seeing this, uh, you know, being a career for me. I was I was bored. It was just, mm-hmm. you know, hindsight 2020, I should have went mechanical engineering all the way. Yeah. And, uh, but back then it was like, okay, the, the, the computer thing was really starting to pick up. We're talking – you know, when I first went to college, it was 1991. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, Windows was just starting to come around. And, and I, I was still typing my papers on one of those typewriters that had the little tiny window. You yep. know, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You didn't little really brother's see, typewriter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, it was, looking back, it was miserable because you couldn't see anything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> but anyway, uh, I went into, um, uh, criminal law and psychology after that and basically finished uh, finished my degree. They call it a uh, looking at my degree on the wall. They call it a bachelor of science, which I don't even know really what that means. It's <laughs> but, uh, criminal but science. After, yeah. Bachelor of science is what they called it. But uh, um, and it, you know, I had I had the inkling to go into uh, you know, at that time. I was like, you know, it'd be really cool to uh, uh you know, do the criminal law and psychology thing and, and do kind of like the silence of the lamb thing where you were, you know, uh, uh, you know, serial murder profiler or something like that. And, and uh, it just really caught my eye at the time. But, you know, out of college, I was like, OK, uh, you know, the FBI just wasn't taking anybody um, straight out of college back then. You had mm-hmm. to either be, you know, in on the police force for some time, a teacher or you know, had you had to have some type of uh, uh, experience. Um you know, job, on the job experience for a while to get right. into the FBI. So I was like, you know what? Okay. So I, I just went and I, I, I bartended for a while while I was in college. So after college, I was like, okay, I'm just going to you know live this up a little bit more. I bartended for, you know, maybe another two years after college. And I said, okay, it's time to, to do something. And, uh, after, after that, I said, you know, I really love computers. I'm going to see what I could do with that. So I started getting certs and, applied for, you know, entry level positions. And I finally got in with, uh, at the time it was MindSpring and it was a okay. uh, dial up tech support. So I basically sat on the phone and helped people get connected and give them modem strings. And, you know, we're talking, I don't know if you guys are familiar with any of the modem strings, but it was oh, yeah. like, Oh my God, back then it was, it was something else to get somebody connected to the internet. So I did that for, <laughs> 
you know, maybe six months. And then I got promoted to a manager of that department and then another six months as manager. And they transferred me over to Atlanta as a manager of the land technicians. Uh, and after nice. that, they sent me to school for, you know, Oracle and PLSQL and, uh, all these different, uh, certs. Um, I got a whole bunch of Microsoft certs. So they just started, uh, basically making me the bionic man of IT back right. then. It was great yeah. because I was spent half my time doing uh, certs for, for MindSpring and, and the other half actually working. So uh, they really put a lot of money into me. And, uh, you know, I gave them my loyalty because I, I spent 10 years with them. And uh, at the end there, I, I had all types of coding experience, uh, uh, you know, for the ADP software. Um, mm-hmm. So it was SQL and and um, work brain, which was a time, time and attendance management system. And so I had all kinds of experience there, but they were starting at that time to, uh, outsource to India. So right. they outsourced, you know, thousands of people over to India, um, right after Gary Betty, uh, which was the president of earth. Like he died and they brought in a president from uh, bell South. So he, he outsourced all kinds of people over to India. And I was unfortunately in one of those groups. Um, and that was in 2008. So I was kind of moonlighting at the time I was designing for, uh, Steven fan of synergy. And I was also still working for, um, mindspring slash earthlink. Uh, at that time, earthlink had, you know, they had merged and, uh, you know, they kept the name earthlink. So I was technically working for earthlink at that time, but, uh, they offered me, um, a severance package and they say, Oh, we'll, we'll help you get a new job and this and that. So, you know what, don't worry about it. I'm going to pursue something else. So uh, at that time, you know, Stephen fan, uh, was still alive and I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this full time. So after he died, I was like, well, this is definitely going full time now. And, uh, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take it by the reins and see where it goes. Wow. So, That's awesome. Wow. Yeah, lots, lots and lots of IT experience. And then now uh, with the, the design experience, uh, who knows where it's going to go next? I guess I'll stick with this until something else changes. You know, if you would have stayed with the the law background and the uh, psychology, uh, <laughs> you would have been on the ID channel. My wife would be watching you 24-7, right? <laughs> like right about now. Yeah. I think, I think my wife would be the same place. She watches all kinds of uh, – uh, law and order type stuff with criminal <laughs> yeah. in- investigation. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, cr- criminal. Any any of those yeah. investigative investigation reports. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of like the reality stuff where you know people are you know locked up abroad. That's a good one. They oh, yeah. uh, boy. all kinds of strange law stuff. But yeah. yeah, it's strange where life takes you. You know, a lot of times you don't really get to you may get to make the decision but you know it's kind of like okay you you can go this way or you can go this way so you know you make the decision uh, and that's your path so right i guess you just just make the best of it you make the decision but you don't real really think that's where you were going when you started right yeah, yeah for it's sure so true it's so true uh, but that's awesome. i think more than anything i just you know anything that i've ever done whether it's pole vaulting or helicopters or uh, whatever it is, it's like, well, I'm going to do this. I like it. I want to be the best I can at it. Um, so I kind of take that attitude with whatever I do. I don't want to just be mediocre. I want to be the best at whatever I do. Yeah. Uh, awesome. yeah. yeah sometimes yeah, that's, that's more of a burden than, <laughs> than anything, but, uh, but, uh, it's, it can be fun too. 
Yeah, I think at the end it's worth it though, right? I mean, you jumped around and did a lot of different things, but at the end of the day, you know, like today you're <clears throat> you've gone you brought this company to where it is and it's it's amazing, you know? Like it's a brand that everybody in the RC community knows and and cherishes, so it's great. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, so, it's, it's, it's a matter mm-hmm. of how deep the rabbit hole goes, though, because you, you, you say you want to be the best at whatever it is. Like, okay, I want to produce the best helicopter right. ever. It's like, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's, it's really uh, – you, you could drive yourself insane trying to uh, to chase that you know, down sure. the rabbit hole. So, yeah. so talk to me about rail blades. Now, is that a part of Synergy? I mean – Forgive my ignorance on this, but uh, is that part of Synergy or is that just a brand that you guys? Um, it is. It, it okay. Is. The the umbrella company is Bodus Design Distribution, and under that is Synergy RC and and Railblades. So it is technically you know uh, the same company or within the same company realm, but uh, yeah, that's just another branch of Bodus Design Distribution. And wow. Do you, so how do you, how do you design blades? I mean, that's. I, I well, I couldn't even that, fathom designing blades. Yeah, that that starts with uh, you know an airfoil, an existing known proven airfoil. Right. Um, basically, I'll go. I, you know, I went on the NACA database and I chose uh, you know an airfoil based on lift coefficient and drag and you know all mm-hmm. these features and and not knowing a lot about it in the beginning, I had to do a lot of research and. A lot of testing. Yeah, I went through a couple different airfoils, and I was like, "This one, one, it, it sounds like crap. It, it flies like crap." So you know, you right. scrap it and and start over again. Um, and I had a a pretty long list of requirements that I wanted to meet for for the blade, and um, it was it was tough in the beginning. I, I went through some interesting uh, stuff with uh, and, and Funky is the is the manufacturer, and uh, mm-hmm. you know they they really uh, I got to give it to them. They put up with a lot of crap from me as far as <laughs> you know my requirements uh, for performance. Sure. But, uh, uh, they worked with me for a long time, and uh, I came up with with uh, a design that I liked, and and we went with it. Awesome. I mean, do you how, how does I, I just find a very um, a a big mystery on on helicopter blades because. I mean, you're not only taking airfoil, you're taking shape, your length, your um, your CG of the blade, right? How if if it gets if the cord gets thicker, like I mean, just the cord thickness is hard to even. I don't, I, I have no idea how. Yeah, where do you people start? develop that? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, well, and then, it's just like anything else. You have to start somewhere, so it's <clears throat> either you, you can spend all day in CAD and, and you know. Right. Look at how how the lift is, and you know the 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 air it's moving. But when it comes down to it, you have to make a blade, and you have to mm-hmm. fly it. Um, right. Yeah. You know, it's it, other than that. I mean, our helicopters are unlike anything else on the planet. You you really can't compare them to even a full scale because yeah. their rotor speed is completely different from ours. Their uh, their weight is completely different mm-hmm. from ours. I mean, it's just it's really a completely different. Uh, uh, aspect of design so you, right. you kind of have to cater towards what we're doing here and you know i get people asking me all the time like students from colleges saying hey you know i'd, I'd love you to uh, uh design a blade for us or and i, I talked to him i was like look the, you're you're looking for something uh, a lot of times they're looking for something that has a heavy lift like they want to be able to lift a lot of weight with mm-hmm. uh 
with a very low head speed. I was like, well, you know, I, I don't, I say you can't really use a rail blade for that. I mean, you can, but it's not going to be optimized for what you're doing. Right. So, you know, I would work with them a little bit, but uh, in the end, they end up going completely different direction, which is really where they should be going. So, right, right. yeah, it, it's a lot of trial and error. You just have to get out there and try it and see how it works. So what, one thing, what made you go with the the odd number? I mean, not odd number, it's an even number, <laughs> but <laughs> the different size, like your 806, you know, like how do you, you know, just wanted to be different and said, okay, make this 806 millimeter from root to tip or? I, th- I would call that a marketing strategy. And, and okay. you can see now that, you know, people have kind of followed that marketing strategy. It used to be you have a 700, you have a... Mm-hmm. 800 you have a 750 it was it was very right was very strict you know it's a 700 or it's a 600 it's like nah you know i want i want a 606 and, and yeah. it's it's just it's <laughs> to me it was kind of catchy you know i right. was like you know it's 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 really more marketing than anything else um somebody with a 607 isn't going to be any better than a 606 unless <laughs> they have you know really done more of their homework and they truly have a better blade right um, okay so it's it's mainly just marketing. I, I find it more, you know, I guess more blade management. I mean, we could say it, VTX, you know, is now like, okay, you got your 717s. You know, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Sure, I see. I know. I, I see other companies, you know, I, I see rail blades being like that. And then rail was the first one I noticed that was like, whoa, that's a different number. That's kind of cool. You know, I guess I guess you can call that a one up. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I hate that. Well, you know, it it relates to uh, you know, back in the day when we, we used to fly. There used to be the guys that you know after you put a a, a really kick butt flight out on the flight line, mm-hmm. you'd see two or three guys you know run into the flight line to try to one up you, and and it was cool because it, it created a lot of uh, competition and a lot of yeah, uh, the drive. So right. yeah, a lot of drive to get better, and and uh-huh. uh, it kind of fed the hobby for a while. So I, I've never been one of those one-up type of guys. I was always the guy that I was like, yeah, let me let the flight line cool down a little bit because that was a hot flight. I respect that. So I'm going to wait right. for, you know, uh, a more of a cool level flight to go out there and kind of cool the flight line down before mm-hmm. I go out there. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't like any type of, you know, copying type things. And, and you know, I, that's it's kind of like the goblin. I did the boom wrap on the 766, but mm-hmm. – is that really copying Goblin? Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I think other companies, one. you know, it's it's not even a the boom wrap is different than Goblin because it's you know an additional boom. It's a a speed canopy, let's say, right? So right, right. it's different. I mean, Goblin is definitely different as far as their like their boom is the boom wrap. Like it's not you know right. it's, there's no you know, pot and boom in there or anything like that. It's, it's strictly designed that way, which is right. unique to their uh, design, but you know, very costly when you crash. I would say it's the full fuselage option or look. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Right. So you go into like F3C it. or, you know, those yeah. precision competitions, like you kind of see that a lot, you know, you yeah. see the full, full canopy. Um, more, more often than not, it's it's also the older guys are like, you know, I really want to be able to see it. And man, you yes. put the boom wrap on and it's like, wow, it's it's just a whole other aspect of being yes. able to see the helicopter. Yeah. So Yeah, totally. Absolutely. So how do you come up with your new products? You know, I mean, 
like I'm 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 guessing you know you got something in the works. You know I know you were saying the N7 maybe redesigning that a little bit and doing a, a newer version. But like you know when you're coming up to 766, it was just like. Hey, Amy, I, I feel like doing uh, an 800 size or a 750. Like, I mean, you know, just is that just like trends that you're seeing that like, okay, you know, people maybe want a, a better disloading or a bigger heli or like, well, how do you come up with like the inception of the design? Well, I, I see gaps in the market. You know, the, okay. uh, you know, the, the current offering for large helicopters was just ridiculously heavy. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I can do one way lighter than that. I, I can guarantee that. And that and that's really what I went after. I went after a large helicopter that was still lightweight, um, uh, you know, basically for performance. Because let's face it, you you get heavy on a helicopter and all of a sudden your batteries are hot, your motor's hot, your ESC is hot, mm-hmm. everything. It's just yeah. it's a matter of getting the, the disc loading correct for the size of the helicopter. Yeah. So. You know, I, and that's what I do. So I look at gaps in the market and it's like, okay, I, I see, you know, we don't have this, uh, this helicopter, this size helicopter. I see a mm-hmm. gap where we could, you know, possibly do one better than something that's already out there. So, uh, let's do it or, or just plain and simple. We don't have that size helicopter and we've got a, a fairly large synergy following. So I think yeah. our customers would potentially like that size. So yeah, that's, it's really, based on some of the, some of the very simple things like that. I mean, that's kind of what drew me to Synergy. Um, you know, I was like, hey, babe, I want to get another helicopter. She's like, all right. Are you going to get something bigger than a 700? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I guess that's the green light. Yes, I am. Let's see what's out there. Yeah. I'm not there's, getting there's, a Velo, so I guess right. I'll get it. You know? <laughs> so. There's other interesting stuff, too. Like, you got to consider the state of the economy. You know, mm-hmm. the, you know sure. where, do people have money right now? Do they not have money right now? So I know just recently we we sold our townhouse in, in Kennesaw and we waited, you know, in, back in 2014 when we moved, it would have been a huge loss uh, to try to get out of that townhome right there. So, mm-hmm. you know, we just waited and said, we'll just watch the real estate market and, uh, and, and try to get out of it when we could actually make some money. So right. we just sold that uh, about a month ago and actually ended up making money. So I think it's it's a it's a patience thing, and you know, analyzing every single bit of of what's going on with the economy, the helicopter market, and everything, and right. just trying to make the the right decisions based on all of those factors. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that kind of goes into the next question. I mean, obviously, the economy, um, everything trends, right? They kind of go up and yeah. down and fluctuates. You know, keep RC helis alive, movement. RC helicopters, you know, the hobby itself in general. I mean, what where do you see the hobby going? Like, what do you see how the hobby is doing right now? Well, it's definitely on a on a downtrend right now. There's there's no denying that, and you know, a lot of it is because of the drones, the FPV mm-hmm. racing, stuff like that. And and that's okay. I mean, we we have grown so fast and so quickly as far as uh, developing designs and and bettering ourselves over the last. Uh, you know, 15 years that it's just been, it's been ridiculous. I mean, between uh, the getting rid of the fly bar and fly bars, controllers and, and yeah. materials using better materials and, you know, stronger gears and you know yep. better designs. And so for the last 15 years, we've been able to offer something new to our customers uh, or to uh, not, not us in particular, but the customer has had something 
uh, new to say, oh, that's cool. I want to get that. Well, we're at the point now where we're, we're kind of peaked out and everything is really, really good. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of the, the people that have flown for a while are like, well, I'm going to try FPV for a while or I'm going to try the quads or I'm going to try you know anything else. So, and what I see is, uh, normally the, the hobbyist gets into the hobby, um, and their life cycle is around five years. Um, and I don't know whether that's a learning curve or, uh, you know, a burnout curve or whatever it is, but the average is probably around five years. Um, and that, that cycle it can be extended by offering new and better and exciting products. Well, we don't have that. Uh, that luxury anymore because we're we're kind of peaked out. So now we're into that five year cycle again, where we're trying to recycle um, customers. You know, old ones go mm-hmm. out, new ones come in. So uh, it, it's it's an interesting time, and and uh, you know, I think Synergy has experienced a little bit less of a decline than say some of the bigger manufacturers, uh, mainly because we we have more of a cult following where. Uh, our customer is is pretty hardcore synergy, and they're they're very loyal, and uh, they they stick with us through thick and thin. So, um, our numbers last year were better than our numbers in 2015. Um, nice. So we're we're already starting to see uh, an increase in sales, and and we we really haven't come out with much new. We came out with the 766, but it's not like we're Flooding, flooding the helicopter or flooding the market with helicopters to to try to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, inflate the numbers. So, right. you know, a lot of helicopter companies will come out with, you know, three or four new designs every year. It's like, oh, my God, you know, how can yeah. a customer base be expected to, Keep you know, to buy that many helicopters in one year? It's, it's <laughs> just it's kind yeah. of crazy. So. I don't know how I afforded this hobby in the last year. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> I told people yeah. last week you were robbing banks. Oh, is, That's is that exactly what, what I told them? people. Yeah. The, the key is to to never add it up. It's it's this nickel and dime thing where you save up enough nickels and you you, you never really. Uh, it's kind of like do you guys have a like a coin jar or a place where you throw all your coins. And, oh yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. I have so a you coin take jar. that big jar to the to the uh, the, the coin star dump thing and you dump right. it in there. Like holy crap, that was five hundred dollars in coins. Well, yeah. that, I think the helicopter markets or the helicopter customers kind of the same way where you're like okay. $90 for a servo here and, you know, this and that. And, and it adds up quick, but you never really add it up altogether. Oh, no, I've added it up. <laughs> In the last three it. months, Don't I probably it. spent like ten grand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Between a 766 logo, Black yeah. Thunder. Yeah. I, I remember a friend of mine uh, that used to be a you know, really wealthy guy. He was a, a music uh, producer. And uh, he used to do next day air on every single purchase he did. Wow. He, oh, he added up his shipping one year, and it was you know something like sixty thousand oh dollars just in shipping. Oh man, you are absolutely nuts. Wow. So yeah, well, I'm still looking for free shipping on the stuff I buy. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm that's the smart way to go about it. Uh-huh. Oh man, all right. So let's talk about Synergy's team pilot. You know, you, you have team pilots and I'm sure you have field reps and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, we, I, I've spoken to team pilots and, and field reps, but I've never looked at it from the other side of like the owners, you know, looking out to get a, you know, pick up a pilot because of their skill or their, 
you know, influence in the community. Um, you know, I kind of want to get that like perspective. That's a that's a really uh, difficult area because you have to be real careful. You get the wrong guy mm-hmm. in the in the wrong in in an area, and he can influence you. You know, your market in the completely opposite direction you want to go. Right. So, you know, a lot of times it's not the the hot shot pilot that you want. It's the the guy that is. A responsible flyer. He flies safe. He flies, mm-hmm. you know, maybe an AMA member, whatever, flies at a, a sanctioned field. Um, and he is uh, knowledgeable about building skills. He uh, just, you know, he takes it and he's very thorough with all the details. Um, those are the guys that I like because, you know, they're not out there, you know, crashing every weekend and, and you're flying dangerously. And, and by all means, you push the limit, but you, you try to, to reel it in and, and push the limit within your own realm. So that's really what I look for. A guy that is uh, mechanically inclined, he can build, uh, he knows all about Loctite, he knows uh, all (laughs) about torque values. And and then, you know, when he goes to fly, he uh, maintains his helicopter, he flies uh, within his abilities and flies safely. So that, that to me is your, your key element. And do people normally like, you know, uh, come up to you like, oh, I would love to be a synergy field rep and work my way up to a team pilot. Or is this something that, you know, you'll kind of, you'll be at an Urcho or maybe some events, you know, and you're kind of like, oh, that, that person seems very, um, he flies my helicopter. He's, he's, he's flying really well. He's competitive. And, you know, like, how, does that influence any of it? Um, you'd be surprised. I mean, people are under the misconception that you have to be some hotshot pilot yeah, uh, to, to be a rep. And I, I, I get approached maybe, I don't know, maybe a dozen times a year. And, you know, normally I, I've got my round of questioning this, you know, what have you owned before? Uh, uh how long mm-hmm. have you been in the hobby? What events do you attend? Um, you know, do any competitions? So, you know, but it's not really about the competition. So I, I think I don't get approached as much as maybe I should be just because people are the, have the misconception that you have to be a, a Jamie Robertson or a Nick Maxwell to be right. a team pilot. Uh, and let's face it, let's face it, uh, <clears throat> some of the guys I have on my team have influenced, you know, say the entire Northeast. You get the right guy in the right location. And, yeah, you know, he's, sure. he's uh, you know, I've got guys that, you know, they'll they'll see a, a question on the forum and they'll know it's a very technical question. They'll be like, "Hey, man, let me give you a call and we'll sort this out over the phone," uh, because he knows that it's something that is very detailed and it requires a conversation over the phone rather than you know, going back and forth on the phone on the forum trying to figure out what mm-hmm. you know, how to fix the problem. Yeah. So guys like that can really make a difference and and. When it comes down to it, sell you more helicopters because the support is there for your product. Yeah, definitely. I think that's really important for uh, you know a team guy to be able to do something like that. And you know, even if they can't travel, I've got guys that you know hardly ever travel, but man, in their local area, they're out there every weekend helping people and promoting the hobby and and doing stuff like that. So, yeah, man, that sounds like. Uh three or four people I can name right off the top of my head that I'm, have yeah. helped me out. Like, cause I was, I just posted a picture or reposted a picture of my fleet last year and it was the 180 CFX and, you know, an oxy and a goblin, little goblin 380. And now I'm up in the 700 size classes or mini 700 as Steve likes to say it. 
Um, a small I, 700. I have a logo 690, but I've had some crazy amount of help in the last like two weeks that have just really helped me out a lot between Steve and that guy we mentioned before, um, Rob McClellan. Uh, he's been in the hobby for a long time. Just those guys and Chris Rybert up in, in New York there. They all three of them, you know, all three yeah, of you guys <laughs> came popped into my head when you guys were talking about that. And that's really what it's all about. I mean, when you talk about promoting the hobby and, and helping the hobby grow, it's, it's about helping people, um, that have problems that can't figure them out or, or just need an extra push, whether it's in their flying skills, building skills, whatever. Um, yeah, you know, that's, that's what it's really all about. And that, and that gets contagious. You know, that guy there is going to help somebody else and, and mm-hmm. it just kind of snowballs. So as long as the people that are in the hobby are continuing to help other people, the hobby really doesn't uh, need any help. It'll grow on its own. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I have a question for Amy. Does Amy fly anything? Does she fly helicopters or anything? <laughs> I used to I used to fly, but decided to stop flying because the photography portion of it is kind of it takes up enough of my time. As it is. So I, I stopped flying because Matt has enough maintaining his own helicopters okay. <laughs> that I have to maintain mine. There, there, were, there were a few crashes where it's like, oh, God, I, I really don't crash that much anymore. There's times where it's like, oh, crap. You know, I either put it through a tree trying to go through a tree line or just <laughs> stupid, stupid things where I get bored flying. It's like, oh, let's see if I can do this or that. Right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when there's a crash, you know, I, I really cringe because it's like, oh, God, I, I hate going through every single part and making sure it's straight or, you know, because yeah. let's face it, once a helicopter hits the ground, uh, it's it's game on it. There could be, you know, many things wrong with it that you don't see that, you know, it, that require a lot of research. And you know, so oh, yeah, I don't like absolutely. crashing helicopters anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right now I'm I'm still. I, I'm so happy to wrench, but um, yeah, my wife's like, "Uh, you're gonna be, you crash a helicopter, did you?" And she just cringes. But she's like, "Oh, I guess uh, I'm gonna watch TV alone, and the mistresses will have you for the night." I'm like, "Yeah." You know what you do? You put your table in front of the TV. This this is yeah. what we used to do back in the miniature aircraft days. Those things were mm-hmm. constant maintenance. Uh, but I'd have a table that was in the living room that was right next to uh, basically Amy. She'd watch TV, and I'd kind of watch with her as I was uh, rebuilding That's a helicopter. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There Many nights like that. Yeah. I mean, recently, I've been doing a big push to make um, a lot of videos, trying to help other people. Like, okay, you know, you crash a helicopter. Now what do you do, right? I mean, like you were saying, there's a lot of things that, you know, right off the bat, you're like, oh, I need a main gear and landing and yeah, my spindle's bent and this and that. But then when you start taking things apart and you're like, oh, this bearing shot, that bearing shot, you know? And yeah. a lot of people don't go through the helicopters that well and then, you know, causes another crash or causes a weird wobble or vibration that they can't get rid of. So more recently, um, I've been trying to make a lot of videos like that. Like, well, you know, I bought a used helicopter. You know, some people just slap in their flybrows unit, put the pack in and go fly. That's me. <laughs> uh, and then on their maiden, you know, something goes wrong. That's still when it you. crashes. That's still me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and then you're wondering why. Oh man, what happened, right? But when I when I got the Black Thunder, I bought it used, and I was like, even though the owner said he only had five flights on it, I'm like, let me take it down to every nut and bolt, 
clean everything, re-loctite everything, just kind of go through it. And I made a video showing that so that way people um, can learn from that and kind of think like, okay, it's not just good to just slap a battery in there and go fly <laughs> because it might cost you in the long run, right? I mean, how long were you out, Kevin, from that from that little crash? Um, Like three weeks. Well, that was my yeah. own mistake because I ordered the wrong frame uh, version the first time. And yeah, mm-hmm. it was something stupid. I should have. You, I would have caught it if I took the helicopter part, like you said. Right, because yeah. you didn't know the parts. You didn't know how it went together. Right. Yeah. So That's called a soup bowl. I've coined that term because you uh, you get a helicopter like that, and you take every nut and bolt out, and yeah. you put it in a soup bowl a soup full bowl. of acetone, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, you and go. you soup bowl the helicopter. Yeah, but, and you yeah. clean everything, and you know That's what? It. I did it with the, the 700 Nitro that I got, which I don't even know how many flights. That thing, you know, it's, it's a version one. T-Rex, so that thing probably has hundreds of flights on it, and you know, my I've been flying it, I mean, definitely Rob helped me get the engine going because being new to Nitro, I had no idea let's just say this, I had no idea which way the carb went, and without the blades on, I was like let me just start the motor, just in case (laughs) full throttle hot start oh, right off the bat Wango flying, I'm freaking out. I'm like, whoa, what happened? Why is this thing just roaring away? It's like, yeah. So um, yeah, that's another another thing with uh, with rebuilding helicopters and and maintaining them. You know, I'll walk down the flight line at a uh, at, a, at an event and huh? I'll listen. Yeah, you, know, you can't help but listen to helicopters. They're making noise all day long. But oh yeah, every helicopter. You know, there's certain noises that every helicopter will make. So, you know, say it's a bent tail shaft or whatever. Yeah. It's got a specific noise or a specific buzz. It's like, oh, my God, that thing is going to explode in exactly 10 flights. And sure enough, I mean, you watch it all weekend long and by, you know, Saturday night, boom, the tail flies off. And it's like, yeah, oh. yeah you get, so people really need to learn how to pay attention to noises, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like you're driving your car down the street and you, you, you hear a knock in the engine or you hear something. It's it's yeah. the same thing. You, you've got to listen for the, the engine noises, the the high speed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, frequency, the high frequency vibration noises. Uh, yep. All those things are trying to tell you a story. And uh, that's useful information that people can uh, really take advantage of. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. By the way, Amy, your your pictures you took at Urcho were awesome. Um, I, it was a, it was a lot. <laughs> I, I think I went through the whole album on Facebook. I was looking through every single. It was but it was cool. It's definitely. Uh, it made me feel like I was there for a little bit because you know, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it. Uh, so thank you for that. Awesome. All right, <laughs> uh, Kevin, you got any more questions or? No, that was it. Okay. Not unless you can think of something else. We really appreciate you coming on, Matt and Amy. Thanks for uh, you know coming on. Thanks yeah. for having us. Absolutely. Anytime. Look forward cool. to seeing you guys at an event soon. And I really like the 766 canopy exactly. setup. As soon as I saw it, I was like, I like that helicopter. Yeah, I, I love it. It is a bit. I don't know if there's a trick to putting it on and off. Um, there is. The, the, the small window on the top. When mm-hmm. you look through that, you know, at a, at, a, at a certain angle, you can see those. Yeah. Uh, you can see your. Uh, um, the guides for the front yeah. mount, right? Yep, you can see your mounts and and uh, and kind of you know wiggle it around to find it, and it gets mm-hmm. easier the more uh, your canopy stays on the helicopter. So the canopy kind of forms to those mounts after a while, and, okay. and it gets easier the over time. So. One, one other, thing I noticed. Uh huh. Oh, the other thing is uh, you can take the, a Dremel tool 
and uh, you can take off some of the material on the top of the the canopy, which will allow it to kind of flex in and out a little bit more. Yes. So um, that's the part that I'm not used to. Most canopies, you know, uh, goblins, you know, they're pretty flexible. You can kind of, you know, bend them. So you, yeah. Because the um, the mounts that you have, I, I don't know what they're called. They're like RC Booyah type mounts where you know they yeah. insert into the cups. Yeah, the keychain canopy mounts. Yep. Yeah. So I noticed. I'm like, wait a minute. The canopy's so stiff. I, I don't want to crack it by trying to force it. So I end up pretty much pulling those all the way out. Yeah. <laughs> and then I can slide it off. Um, and then when I put it on, I do the same thing. I kind of put my fingers on the inside to make it flush to the rubber uh, canopy grommets, and then I'll slide it on and then push them all the way in. And I was like, oh, wow, this canopy is really stiff. I don't know how yeah. to do this. That's um, one of those things where you wish you would have changed that back in the beginning where, you know, there's so many things in the in the, in the beginning of testing and prototyping and design mm-hmm. and everything where, you know, you get them all sorted out. And then those those little things, those little irritations end up becoming not so irritating after you've put it on and off, you know, like a hundred times. Well, yeah, you learn if, basically. If you, yeah, if you, but if you, if, if I would have gone back and said, you know, I really need to change, I should have changed it, but, you know, take a Dremel tool to that and leave mm-hmm. about mm, maybe five millimeters of material around that top edge, and man, it, it start it peels out real nice. Yeah, yeah, so, maybe I'll give that a try. I'm not yeah. very good with Dremels. Um, I end up biting into it too much. I mean, I'll probably just leave it. I think it's fine. Um, <laughs> you, you know, the trick to that Dremel tool is to, if you don't want to bite in, take your uh, your round sanding drum mm-hmm. and you slow it way down. Slow it down to, you know, one or two on the speed. And then you just okay. kind of, it doesn't take as much and it doesn't bite in. But if you're at like 10 and you're trying to Dremel, it'll it'll just dig in and you'll end up having this, you know, all these digs in the canopy. But yeah, slow the speed down and, and uh, it'll do a lot better. I, I work my dremels like I work my head speed. <laughs> <laughs> Screaming. <laughs> I know it's funny because everyone I talk to, they're always like, um, wow, your helicopter's screaming. You know, especially when I first started, it was just 400% throttle. No governor, yeah. no nothing. Just 400% on the endpoints. And, um, and now it's like I try low head speed. I'm just like, hmm. That's cool. It's nice and slow and very floaty, but I'm like, all right. I love my little V control. Dial that, dial that, <laughs> bank three up. What's the max? Have you tried, have you tried 6S yet on your 12S machine? No. Chris yeah. uh, is pushing me. He's like, take your logo 700, just drop a 6S pack in there and do it. And, or even a synergy, like just drop a, a 7S pack because I'm running 14. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> do it do it. Yeah. you'll be surprised it's it's a lot easier than you think yep cool and, and try it's, that, and dude. it's very it's very relaxing yeah. you get up there and the blades are just kind of making this you know pitter patter sound boop, and boop, it is boop. it is just fantastic yeah right all right yeah i gotta give that a try all right let's go into news and announcements news and yeah, announcements we, we got some news well we got more some announcements but we got some news too I wrote some stuff in here. Nice. Um, all right, I'll take the first one. Free for RC podcast, HeliFest 2017, second annual HeliFest. Woohoo! Uh, yeah, I have to get the 
it's tentatively set to this day because I need confirmation from uh, Mike, from our club president. But June 10th is what we're looking at. It's a Saturday. And if it is raining, I, you know, I am setting a rain date of June 11th, that Sunday. But hopefully, uh, you know, knock on wood, we're going to we're going to have a good summer day like we did last year. Hopefully not as hot, but nice. Yeah. So I'm currently creating a what do you call it? A flyer. A flyer? I, yeah, I've signed I've created an account for Free for RC podcast on RC Flight Deck. Um I'm going to confirm with Mike, but I want to use RC Flight Deck I think this year to um handle the the payment, all the the stuff, the the ticket sales kind of deal. Um, okay. You know, and, and and also have the information up there. You know, Eventbrite was good last year. And I was able to get a nice printout of all the registered folks. But I feel like, you know, going forward, RC Flight Deck's kind of what people, you know, other fun flies use. Uh, when you go on there, you'll see actually other fun flies and being able to register and all this stuff. You can search oh, cool. and stuff. So I figure it's a it's a better, you know, centralized platform for this type of uh, event. So let's use it. Um, nice. There's a small be, fee, and that's the problem. That's the part I need to talk to Mike about, you know, because it does. They, you can't pay via t- PayPal, and you know, obviously PayPal and Flight Deck might take a, a small fee. So, okay, cool. You want to take the next one? Yes, uh, the NEMHJ or Northeast Model Helicopter Jamboree 15th Annual is going to be September 1st through the 3rd this year. Mm-hmm. Put on by the Rams group, right? I knew Rams is involved somehow. Yes. Yeah, it was that Radio Aerodome Modeler Society? I have no idea. Chris is going to kill us. So this is Chris's club. This is Chris's event. He is the CD for this event. If you're anywhere near the Northeast, you, this is a must-go event. Uh, Kevin and I went last year for the first time. This is a must-go Event. A go must, must go, go must. <laughs> go must. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> definitely, this is an event to go to, though. It is. Uh, it's I'm, a must. It's a must. I I'm, I don't know how it's gonna be this year. <laughs> here, I what guess. do you mean? What do you mean? You don't know because there's no Kyle Stacy. Well, or is he know. coming up? No, I, I think he, he's coming up. Right? He'll probably come up. I'm mean, just. I don't know if this is. He probably. It's, this is probably still his club, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not sure if Kyle Stacey will be there. I know um, I know Chris is going to do his magic and get a bunch of pilots there. But regardless, this, this event is great. Um, full concession, uh, night flying, which I'm going to participate this year. Hell yeah, I got my 380. Nice. The fireworks are amazing. Like It's just gr- good times, you know, and the people yeah. are great. I don't think I've met one person where I was like, ooh, you know, kind of turned off by it, like, oh, this guy's a little weird or something. No, well, Death every- Pilot was up there last year. Oh, boy. <laughs> you got to stop picking on him, man. Sorry, Bill. <laughs> no, Bill's great. That's where I met yeah. Bill for the first time, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And you like, you're like, it was 50 oh. degrees and he was bundled up, but he was, he was still busting my chops. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but seriously, though, every single person I met, you know, every single listener that listened to us that, that came up to us and said, oh, yeah, I listened to your show. 
Um, yeah. No, we made we made some good friends up there, man. Good guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was great. I can't wait to go again. I have a question though. Okay. Will Anthony be going this year? Dun dun dun. I don't know. I can't. I can't. I I can't say. I'm wondering. He might. He might not. We'll have to see. I don't know. He went up last year and did like one flight. No, he did more than one, didn't he? Okay, maybe like three flights. Okay. He I did think one just that day. one day. No, I think it was one, that one just day. Just one day. <laughs> yeah. Which is fine. I mean, it's not all about just flying, obviously, you know. No, no. The camaraderie and the community and, and just hanging out. But, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a far drive. It's like, what, a five, six-hour drive? Yeah, something like that for um, us, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty long weekend. You know, it's it's a it's an investment in cost, right? Like hotel, the drive, gas, all that fun stuff, food. Um, you know, keeping the the wife busy, shopping. You know, all that comes at a cost. So, <laughs> all that um, costs money. Yeah, all that costs money. So I don't know. Like you know, possibly, I could see him going, but I could also see him not going. You know. Yeah. Same here. We just gotta kidnap him. Yeah. Oh, did I say that loud? Ooh, ooh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. It is a great event, and I know uh, a lot of folks um, that listen to us that are on the RC Heli Hangouts group on Facebook and our NCP Helis um, are going to try to make it this year. So it's gonna be awesome. Get to uh, cool. hang out and fly. Yeah. Um, this next one. Goblin is at it again. They just Whatever do you mean? They just keep on producing more stuff. They have now introduced so the Thunderbolt Blade line, right? That came out with the Black Nitro and the Black Thunder. Um, right, right. And I remember at, at the time was, they came out, we were looking for bla- those blades for other other sizes mm-hmm. to see if we can get them. I remember the yep. show because me, you, Chris, and Anthony were on that show when we were talking yep. about those blades. And that was like what, maybe eight months ago. Yeah, you know, maybe that was a while. Maybe ago. Maybe six months ago, something like that. Yeah. Black Black Nitro hasn't been out that long. I don't think it's been. It hasn't been a year, definitely. Um, but yeah. So now there's a new line of Thunderbolt blades called the T line. And this T-Line, if you haven't seen pictures of it, you have to go take a look. It's using, um, if anyone knows anything about carbon fiber, there's like different um, thickness of weaves, right? Carbon fiber is like layered strands that they weave together like a, a like a basket, right? Like, a, I don't know. Yeah, like a basket. Yeah, like a basket, a weave basket, right? And, you know, when you look at normal blades, you know, helicopter side frames or any carbon fiber landing skids, they're very small and tight. These are big weaves. They're like, they look like they're at least a centimeter to centimeter half um, square boxes. That's a big weave. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, girl. That's a big weave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm glad you went there. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's it looks freaking awesome. Damn, and, girl. <laughs> and in conjunction with that, they also have a Goblin 700 T line. Now, what the what? What the when, what? They say it's a new lighter version, 
So what I think this is is I think this is the revision or the next generation Goblin Seven Hundred competition that's using the lighter boom and just some of the lighter technology or um, design that they put in the Black Thunder line. Okay. I think they are using that in their 700T line, which is their competition line um, revision. What I have to say about that, though, is um, one of the first people to test the T-line helicopters and the T-line blades is our very own, well, not our very own, but I guess the community's very own, uh, Torek Asadi. And I think that's what that T-line stands for. I think it's Tarek's line of Goblin Helicopter and Blades. Ah. I might be I might be reaching here. You know, don't quote me on it, but it just seems, you know, very uh it seems to line up, you know what I mean? Yeah. So to me it seems plausible that this is Tarek's line of Goblin seven hundred helicopter, his edition. And also his blades. Uh, one of the things about the Thunderbolt blades, T-line blades, are that they're supposedly, I think, lighter and stiffer. So they're more agile as far as, you know, um, changing directions and stuff like that. So um, I'm interested in seeing how they actually fly. They look freaking amazing now. I mean, if you haven't seen a picture of it, you have to go take a look. They just they look cool. You know, they definitely have the cool factor in the design. Um, I haven't seen them yet. Shape-wise and everything, they look uh, pretty much the same as their Thunderbolt design. Like, you know, the airfoil shape and all that. But, yeah. So is this going to be a new Goblin design? New also? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes. Okay. What do you mean? Like, I think Because go- you're saying it's going to be a Goblin 700 and the the new T-line blades. So is it blades and a new helicopter? Yeah, it's their T-line. Okay. So what makes the new Goblin different than the old Goblin? Uh, Wait. Better just load it later. And okay. I, I just did a quick Google search on it, and it does... I do see a post on RC Group saying, SAB Thunderbolt T-line, Tarek Al-Sadi edition rotor blades. So yeah. T-line is his. And okay. that means that his uh, the T line seven hundred is also his um, edition, which is okay. awesome, freaking awesome. I, I mean, freaking I, awesome. Yeah, Kevin, I just sent you in our chat the link for that RC group thing. Yeah, now I had it up while you were talking about. It. Dude, look at the weave on that. Yeah, damn girl, that, that's a mighty thick weave that's you got some, there. That's a nasty weave. <laughs> so all right uh any other news or announcements let's see march 11th the uh lebanon swap me show so that's yeah. coming up in uh in less than i guess it's by the time this comes out it'll be less than a week or about a week are you going to that yeah i thought i couldn't make it but now it looks like i can make it so oh yeah can we carpool <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely and- Jeff might go. Oh yeah, nice. Uh, I mean, I'm not looking to get anything, but I just want to check it out. I've never been, so yeah, me too. Cool. Also, the CP Heli Throwdown in Pennsylvania, the Northeast one. That's in May. It's oh, it's in May. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, I guess that's uh, it for the news. Let's uh, ooh, let's move on to our next section. Okay. All right. So, for our listeners, I, I did some, you know, groveling and begging and pleading to Arnold uh, the other day. So, he's, uh, he's agreed to come back. He's agreed to take my call. So, let's ring him up. Hello? Uh, yeah. Hello? Hey. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Arnold. It's Steve. How's yeah, it going, buddy? Yeah. yeah, it's going good. Uh, how are you? I'm doing good. I, I really appreciate you uh, coming back on the show. You know, our listeners uh, missed you. Definitely. Of course. Of course they missed me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. All right. So we got some questions, um, if you don't mind. No. Let's get right into it, then. All right. Okay. First question is from Ed Johnson, our friend Ed. Being that you have governor experience in California, what governor do you recommend Steve use in this new T-Rex 700 Nitro? Uh, well, you know, of course you want to use a, a good governor, you know. Uh, a strong governor, right? A strong governor. A governor <laughs> that won't fail you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You get it, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> like Jerry Brown. No, don't use him. He's a terrible governor. Ugh. Who's the guy from, um, oh, I don't know. Was he governor? The guy from Canada. He was funny. The one that was in the news a lot. He was, uh, I don't know. But, you know, of course you could use a governor like uh, my buddy from Predator, who was governor of Minnesota, you know, for a little while. Ah. You might be thinking of Al Franken. (laughs) He's from uh, Canada. And he was governor of some crazy uh, state elected him. I don't know. I don't know what the hell I they think they're thinking. provinces up there, right? They're not even called states. Yeah. Uh, okay, so a good, strong governor that won't fail you. That won't fail you. Yeah. Awesome. That was my slogan when I ran for governor. Yes. Of California. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I guess you wouldn't recommend, like, NeoGov or... Uh, you know, what is that? Uh, there's a Futaba GV1 or GV01. No? None of those Nitro Govs? No. Nothing from Hobby King. Hobby King? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to the next question then. All right. There's another one of our friends. Damn, it's all our friends uh, asking these questions. Great. We have Frank Mordiellos. What is the best Harley to drive when you are going to save the future of the world? Well, you know, of course, it's uh, absolutely, it's the 1990 Harley-Davidson Fat Boy. You have to, you have to have that, you know, with the solid rims. Solid rims, a solid, you know, disc, okay. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Windshield, no windshield? No windshield, you put on the sunglasses, you know. There you go. I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Save the world. Come with me if you want to live. There you go. All that (laughs) stuff there. I don't know how that's anything uh, RC-related, but thanks, Frank. uh, Good question. All right. Let's move on to the next one. Death Pilot, a.k.a. Bill. Arnold, what is better? Jetty? 
or V-Bar Control? Well, you know, I don't know what a jetty is. It's that thing, uh, you know, from that movie with the with the light coming out of it. The guy that wields that thing, you know? A Jedi? Yeah, the Jedi, uh, that's yeah. That's a Jedi. That's also, always better. Yeah. <laughs> well, because he can control things with his mind. He doesn't even need a controller, right? Exactly, yeah. It's like me, I just throw it. Yeah, just throw it. <laughs> what, you don't like V-Bar control? Well, you know, I think the Jedi is more for a man because I've had... A V-bar, and I've had a jetty in my hands, and, you know, the jetty requires a lot of strength. You have to hold it. It sure is so, heavy. Yeah, mm -hmm. It's heavy. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, but do you know your friend Kevin bought a V-bar control? What does that say about him then, huh? He's a silly little girly man. <laughs> yeah, with your little plastic controller. Uh, okay, awesome. All well, right. thank you for your time. And hopefully we can call you up again uh, next week, okay? Yeah. All right, thanks again. Take care. All right. Okay, so let's go into what's next for you in the hobby. All right. Yeah, um, mine. I'll go real quick because mine's going to be short and sweet. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I don't think I can fly this weekend coming up because uh, my in-laws came back from vacation uh, about a week ago, and they had a big hole in their kitchen. They had a, they had a pipe that broke. Oh, and they had no. the, yeah, they had the pipe fixed, but me and my nephew, I think, are just going to rip the rest of the sheetrock out of the kitchen and, and, uh, redo it for them. Like paint, we're going to like redo their whole kitchen for them. Like basically, like sheetrock and does just the ceiling. cabinets survive? Like all no, that stuff? yeah, yeah, yeah. All the cabinets were, it was like in this one section, uh, that was by their basement door. So, and it's, Ooh. it's a small kitchen, but, I'm going to probably be doing that Saturday, mostly Saturday night and like Saturday afternoon and then probably all day Sunday. Oh, boy. Maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how it's going to work out, but yeah, I want to take care of that for him. Yeah, no problem. And then after you can come in and help me install my microwave. Yeah. Oh, did you get it? <laughs> yeah. we. It's kind of weird how it worked out. Um, after the AMA show, we were driving through Route 3 and there's... You know, MetLife Stadium, right? The Meadowlands there. Yeah. And they have a flea market. So Maria's like, oh, let's stop by the flea market and see what they got. Cool. We're walking around. And we're like, oh, this oh, this person has like a, you know, it's like one vendor had like some pretty cheap microwaves, like some Daewoo or something. I don't know. I want to say Daewoo Lanos, but <laughs> it's, uh, you know, just whatever. Some like, it was like a 30 or $40 microwave. Is Daewoo Korean? Daewoo's Korean. Daewoo Lanos is from a movie. Pineapple Express for anyone who who knows that movie. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> you know, and it was like, okay, you know, Marie's like, oh, let's just get it. You know, even if it's like whatever cheap, it's something that'll hold us over. And <laughs> it's funny how I do this all the time. Um, I'm like, all right. Oh, wait, I don't have cash on me. They only want cash. They're like, okay, go, go to the ATM. There's an ATM there. I walk over to the ATM. It's freaking out of service. I'm like, all right, walk back. Sorry, babe. It's out of service. I can't get money. Guys like, well, if you want, you know, right in Clifton. So, like, you know, we're in East Rutherford. It's like two towns over or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, go and uh, go to the headquarters for this business, for my business. And you could just go there and pay by car credit card. So, we're like, ah, screw it, whatever. It's still early in the day. Why not? We go there and we find out that it is an appliance shop for um, LG. Okay. So mainly the stuff that they have, those all LG stuff. And 
you know, a lot of it's like scratch den or, you know, open box or whatever. But um, it was kind of funny because, you know, we're looking at this like $40 microwave and then we end up buying uh, a $400 microwave for 200 oh bucks, flat out 200 bucks. So it was really 188 plus ship uh, plus tax. The guy was like, okay, this, you know, we were looking at the exact microwave we're getting. He's like, yeah, see, there's, there's like three little dents on the top part of the door. You, you know, if the microwave's on the wall, you probably won't notice it because it's going to be kind of high up. Because it's over the, it's an over the range microwave. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, you know, 188 plus tax, 200 flat. All right, let's do it. Um, we're waiting for it in the back, like pickup lot area, like with the loading dock. And the guy comes out and he's like, yeah, you know, I just, I was, I was looking through the box. I was, you know, I opened up another box and I was just like, just take this one. Brand new, no dents. Had everything, the tray, all the vent covers, everything, the mounting hardware, everything. So we got a brand new microwave for two hundred bucks. That's worth three ninety nine. <laughs> so wow, man, we kind of worked out. It's a thirty inch wide, you know, like two point nine cubic inch, whatever, whatever it is. I don't know cubic centimeters, cubic inch, whatever they do. Um, it's a big microwave. It's nice, cool, you know, thousand watts. So I'm like, oh, I guess I gotta hack up and take the old. Uh, light and fan thing out of there and you know get that installed <laughs> so yeah if you uh you know at the very least i need someone to probably help me lift it up there yeah you know so i don't know i mean i know you're gonna be busy with with your in-laws kitchen but i'll let you know maybe either that or the weekend after if you want to just stop by and help me lift it up and mount it yeah yeah okay cool back to rc from home improvement yeah all right. Uh, we, don't, so, we don't want your hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because I hear a lot that it's not just the technical stuff or the news or anything. It's just the banter that you and I just kind of go back and forth and talk about. So That people hate? Yeah. I hear oh, that, that people all like. No. <laughs> yeah, Russ will say that a lot, you know. It's like the helicopter stuff. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm not, he's not into helicopters. He doesn't. I know. Um, I know I got that right after he said that helicopters stuff is bullshit. <laughs> then I was like, hmm, I guess he doesn't like it. Yeah. No, he didn't say that. No, he didn't. All right. I guess I'll go. Let's see. I have the, the servo to rebuild. I'm going to do that. I already replaced the, the missing bolt off the nitro, so that's ready to go. Nice. I'm going to start building up that plank. The plank. Yes. The weird thing that looks like it's missing a main rotor and a main shaft. Just, you know, and it has like these flat pieces. Yeah. You know you're not going to be able to stop that thing in midair, right? Do you even remember how to fly a plane? Can't I hover it? Yeah, well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Isn't that stopping in midair? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, no. No, I don't even know if this thing will hover. Um. So, yeah. <laughs> The 59-inch revolver, I am going to uh, fix that up. I'm going to put that together, put the servos in. I got to do a little bit of uh, monocoat on the back tailpiece. I noticed that. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting running the servo wires without, like, the, the pull wires because it's used. So uh, I'll figure something out. I have servo leads. I can make my own extensions. Uh, I am. This is helicopter-related a little bit. In the meantime, I was looking for a, a mini V-bar, but 
I figure I don't fly my Goblin 380 Nightbird. So I'm just going to pull the Neo out of there. Low V plane on there. Have the gyros all enabled. It has rescue, full pro setup or whatever. I don't know how that works, but I'll figure it out. I want to put that in there. So I got everything coming or in hand, ready to go for that plane. So, yeah, I'm going to work on that the next uh, week or two weeks. Knowing me, I'll probably get it done in two days. Um, So (laughs) I'm really thinking about my next Nitro. I know I mentioned to you, uh, you know, when you're ready, you got a T-Rex 700 in. Um, You know, I'll sell to you cheap, like a third the price I pay for it or whatever. You know, ready to go except for a Neo. That's all you'd have to buy. Oh, <laughs> that's gonna be the most expensive. That's sort of the 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 most like knowledgeable part. Yeah, I have to start over from scratch if I don't have no, your Neo. No, I, you can copy the file. I'll give you the file. Oh, okay, I, the Neo I have on this Pro Rescue that thing's like four hundred, five hundred bucks. That's more than that. That's about what I spent for the helicopter. You know, I spent a little bit more for the helicopter. Um, but I I give you I will give you everything. That I got with the helicopter, plus the parts I bought. I bought a bunch of parts. I have tail booms and other accessories for it. I have a new clutch, bell housing, and all the parts that I got from the original owner, too. You, I'll just give you the whole thing for like a couple hundred bucks. I mean, I'm basically giving it away, but it's just so that way. Um, give it away. And then if I do that, if you're like halfway in a year, say, okay, I think I'm ready for a nitro. Um, at that point, executive decision time. I'm going to reduce my fleet. Oh, man. So the one that's going to hit get the axe, I'm sorry to say, but will be the Logo 700. Ugh. That is probably the currently my least favorite helicopter in the 700 class that I own. And it's not. It's a very close call. Like it's, it's not the least by a big margin at all. But if I had to pick one to go, I think it will be the, it would be the Logo 700. Um. You know, never crashed or anything. Just, I don't know. I just, I, I don't need another. I, I know I explained this before. I don't need another pot and boom when I have the Synergy 806. And, and that helicopter, by far, in my opinion, is um, more powerful, lighter, as far as disc loading uh, to weight ratio. Just an overall, like, in the air presence. It just looks better. And, I, you know, I like flying that better. So. Um, so yeah, so, you know, when you, when you are ready, Kevin, let me know, because then soon after I will be picking up a Synergy N7 with hopefully enough money from selling the logo to buy the OS 105 HZR. Jeez, dude. Um, yeah, so I'll be picking up an N7 with the 105 power boost pipe or maybe a different pipe. We'll see what's out there uh, when I'm ready to do this. Dude, I actually got a commend you man i actually wrote this down on my phone because i I take notes sometimes the stuff i want to mention on the show Mm -hmm. and uh i thought it was awesome and amazing how you just jumped right like head first right into the nitro helicopter man and to watch you like go through all the the pitfalls and and just go through the whole breaking thing and everything and you just killed it man you're just uh, you blew me away you were like yeah you had the hot start and whatever but i mean Dude, you took that whole thing apart. You put it all back together. Yeah. Um, just amazing, man. It was just, uh, you know, 
was a challenge I could see that you, you had, and you, dude, you freaking overcame it really good, man. You did a good job with that thing. Well, I mean, I had help. I had big time help with Rob. So I can't yeah. take credit, but yeah, I mean, thank you. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely something I wanted to do and wasn't sure about it. And that's why I went with the Align because it wasn't yeah. a killer investment. Like I didn't drop $2,000. Yeah. But, I mean, the joy that I'm getting out of this 500, you know, $600 helicopter, it's amazing. That's why I, I want to, I want, like, when you're ready, I want you to, you don't have to rebuild it because I've already done it, but, like, I want you to fly it. In fact, you can fly mine whenever you want. Like, once I get it good and all settled, you can fly mine. You can just bind right to it or just take my controller or we can buddy box it, whatever. Yeah. Um, I think you would enjoy it a lot. That okay. smoke trail is so awesome. <laughs> I'm telling you, I can't get over that smoke trail. That and the noise. Um, well, that and the you know, the, uh, the the disc loading on it too. You know, being such a light helicopter. Yeah, I don't have the best servos in there or anything. It's all just you know, aligned DS six fifty six tens, whatever align comes with uh, on that first generation seven hundred nitro. Oh, okay, but. I mean, I'm I'm doing the same moves I do on everything else, and with high voltage, you know, running 8.4 volts, like yeah. crazy quick and fast servos, and I'm like, whoop, right into a movie flip, just boom, right into this, boom, right into that. You know, like I said, I'm doing it slower just so I can learn the collective management, but I'm not afraid to flip it and turn the tail and do whatever, so it's fun. You're going to like it, man. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, so that's pretty much about it. Um, I am going to try to go flying. We'll see. I do need to get that baby's room set up. It is. It's under six weeks, man. It's it's counting down quick. Where you going, man? I'm on my way to see my baby's mother. <laughs> All right. Let's uh let's do the wrap up. It's uh All this right. show's definitely getting a bit long, so I'm I'm getting delirious. Yes. <laughs> Damn, girl, look at that weave. <laughs> All right. Um, I did not get a chance. Let's see here. We're definitely going to get hate mail. Yeah. What? You think so? Yep. Oh, maybe. Okay. So, yeah, let's uh, let's wrap it up. All right. Let's wrap it up. Cool. All right. Um, <laughs> Facebook likes. Dun, dun, dun. We have hit 500 likes. Yay. Oh, boy. So it is saying. <laughs> Yay and oh, boy. <laughs> it is saying plus six this week. And I have two names. Really? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's because, you know, it's because we're doing this midweek. I'm telling you, it has to be. Because the, the, the times we recorded on Monday. We had six names and we had six, you know, plus six. Oh, okay. So, so I mean, it's saying plus six, but any case, we have hit five hundred likes. Nice, that's what amazing. What do we want to do? Thank you. I don't know. I don't even know how we're gonna do it. I don't know. Are we just gonna pick somebody's name that liked us and give them something, or are we gonna say, "Hey, everybody, if you want to be in part of this raffle, you gotta like us on Facebook and be." I don't know how it's gonna. No, work. no, I don't want to do it like that. I don't want to oh. like. I don't know you know, solicit more likes or anything like that to to for this thing. But I, how about something like this? This is kind of off the top of my head, but why not? 
well, let's do like a poll or something. Like, you know, we were at 500 likes. Uh, I'm not sure what the prize will be. We're, we're thinking either like maybe a flight test gift certificate or a kit or something. Or maybe something on the other side for our heli listeners. We could do something like a, a heli direct gift certificate or a main. Oh, that's or, good idea. You know, something like that. But let's do it. We'll start up a post, a thread when this episode's released or soon after. Give us your your favorite moment in an episode. And then maybe we'll create a poll from it and see which one gets the most vote. And and then we'll go from there and that would be the winner. What what is the favorite episode favorite moment have to do with the I don't I don't understand. You lost me. Well, We'll get someone to talk about an episode, and we'll get people to vote on which is the favorite thing, you know? Oh, okay. And then that'll be the prize winner, and that's a little thing to commemorate our 500 like. Now you got me thinking. I don't know. I just want to do something where it's interactive. I thought the poll was going to be... Oh, I see. I thought the poll was going to be what what you want, whether you want to... We should give away something with flight test or something. No, with, uh, I think I think we should all vote, or folks should vote on the best moment, and whoever suggested the best moment gets their pick on either if they're you know if they're more on the airplane side to pick something from flight test, if they're more on the helicopter side, pick something from heli direct. But well, right, I don't know. We're still working out the details. Yeah, we're still working this out. We could have our five hundred likes. Uh, those folks suggest something too. We're open to yeah. that. Okay. okay, Facebook comments. Facebook comments. Oh, I have one. I have one that I saw, and it was from Kumar Simmons. Uh, he posted a thread. Uh, I think it was on our Facebook page about Stick Mover. Uh, did you see this thing? Yes. Stick Mover. Yes, it's a Kickstarter uh, campaign right now. Learn to fly. And, you know, I I actually listened to the RC Heli Hooligans episode two today. Oh, man. I wanted to mention that guy, too, and I didn't. Yeah. So I want to give a shout out to Walt. He is uh, he's doing an awesome show. And guess who who, who was on uh, episode two? You? One, one guy. One guy I didn't know. No, no, it wasn't oh. me. But one other guy <laughs> I did know. It's oh. our friend Ed Johnson. <laughs> Oh, Ed was on it? Yeah, Ed was on nice. it. Talking about uh, the Vought Mastros and Nitros and stuff. So, you know, for our listeners, go check it out. RC Heli Hooligans. If you're into helicopters, definitely go check it out. Um, he does a pretty good show, you know, right off the bat, it seems. He's well-spoken and um, the content's good, you know. Definitely go check it out. I listened to his episode one and, and I was blown away at how he just did a one-man show and he really did a good job, man. Uh, Kept me entertained for a half an hour. Yeah. Uh, which is what I think the show length was. So awesome. Mm-hmm. That was awesome, dude. Definitely. Keep up the good work, man. Um, But he was talking about it. And how does he know Ed? I don't know. That's so I, weird because Ed's, Ed's a New York guy. He's down south, I think. Yeah, I think he's down south for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's from an event or Facebook or. That's cool, man. But yeah, small world, huh? Yeah. One of the things, though, is. You know, that, that thing is cool. It's a Kickstarter campaign. It's basically, you know, you'd watch like a sim video or a heli video and the sticks move in the movements of that. I don't know if you ever tried to do this, Kevin, but 
there's a lot of videos on YouTube of stick movements and uh, the trick. And I can't keep track of both. I don't. I can't look at both the transmitter and what the helicopter is doing to know that that's what he's moving the sticks. Yeah. To gain that move, you know. Yep. So, so this this idea seems pretty cool. It's, um, I I feel I have a feeling it's 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 almost novelty like like it seems cool, but how much are you really gonna benefit from it? Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look into it. To see how it works. It's just, I think it's the concept that has me intrigued. Like, you know, if, if you had a pro heli pilot do a move and, and you could like hit a button and it would do it, you know, once, like it, or once or twice, like a TikTok or a Pure Flip, you know, you got up a hundred feet and you hit a button and it did it and you could, you could see the stick movement as it was. I don't know how, you, but like you said, how would you keep your eye on both of them? Yeah. You're not looking though. But even, but if you have your fingers on it, I mean, it's gonna move around and move, jerk your fingers all around. I, yeah. I don't know how that's gonna work. Yeah, basically, um, it won't. I don't think it's gonna work well for pinchers because right. that, there's too many muscles that that stick has to move. Like too many, you know. I think for thumbers, it'll kind of help because you'll kind of feel like okay, the stick's going up, left stir, you know, clockwise stir, while the left stick is going up and down. Um, yeah. you know, pitch to the left doing a. Uh, you know, a pyro flip, right? Uh, a counterclockwise rotating pyro flip. You know, that part's cool. Maybe when you're doing funnels, like when you're doing funnels and hurricanes, they're moving the stick so little. I don't feel like you're going to benefit much from it. Yeah. You know, it's only the big stick movements, the stirs. I think that's where you're going to find benefit, but I think it's only going to work for thumbers. I think people that pinch aren't going to be able to like have that, like hold on to the stick to know where it is. And that stick to move around in a stir or in different positions um, without feeling kind of weird. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if that gets enough funding for them to actually produce it. I do want our listeners to be careful about Kickstarters. Uh, I heard this from the RC. Um, yeah, use electric start. Don't what? kickstart it. <laughs> yeah, don't kickstart. Start. Oh, man, it is getting late. Um the flight test uh, after hours guys um, was was talking about the Lily, the the drone, the the like the selfie drone it was called. Okay, I don't know if you heard that episode, Kevin, but basically it was a scam. They got like two million dollars of funding and they they like booked it. They're gone, you know. So they all the shots that they were showing of this, this little prototype drone that was like able to like take off. Um, there was a guy backstage controlling it. Well, he's either a guy backstage controlling it, or they were saying that like it was like, you know, a DJI footage or footage from other manufacturers' quads and multi rotors or drones, however you want to call wow. it. Yeah, um, and and a guy controlling it, <laughs> right? So the automation portion was not there. Like all of it was basically. I mean, they're getting sued. It's basically been a scam, but <laughs> you know. Kickstarters, you got to be careful. You got to read the fine print because sometimes they can take your money without giving you anything. You know, I know you get these bundle packages on the side and you can like pick your package level, but you know, they could put in a fine print that if d- development fails, that they don't owe you anything. Yes. Yeah. So they're, I mean, it's risky. It's a risk. You're investing yeah. in a new company. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, there's a risk. Yeah. So be careful because. You don't want to get scammed out there. So speaking of things hitting the wall, dude, 
Did you see flight test video log or vlog uh, 53? I got to give a shout out to my buddy Alex for <laughs> he freaking was on a, one of those skateboards, those long skateboards, and he was trying to make it around one of the corners of the shop, and he was flying, dude, and he hit the wall so hard that he ricocheted off and launched into the other room. No, I didn't see that. You got to see this because... It's so funny because he hits this wall so freaking hard, dude. It's basically the tread, like they have a, I guess a, a, a shelving system that he hits and he goes <laughs> oh, flying no. into the other, and the, you know, the, the skateboard stops. And he goes flying into the other room. But the funniest part is he hit this freaking thing so hard and you know it had to be loud because he cleared the entire shop out. Like everybody in the shop thought like a truck at the side of the building or something because they were all <laughs> out going, what the heck just happened, man? Yeah. So, like, he was on a, on a, like a long board, a <laughs> He's long, on a long, long board. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh man. I got it. Episode 53. Check that out, Episode man. 53. All right. He, he does his own stunts. Nice. Alex, nice. Alex is a good guy, man. Yeah, and he's uh but he shouldn't be taking risks like that. He's a dad now. He's got to take mm-hmm. it easy. Yeah. <laughs> but dude, I had to give him a shout out because that was hysterical, man. <laughs> I laughed out loud like you won't believe. Awesome. <laughs> um, one other thing I want to reach out. Uh, I guess it's a Facebook comment, but Joe hit me up the other day, or I hit Joe up, uh, Joe Cashwell, and yeah. um, and I'm actually looking at the posts, but. One of our listeners, Frank Walker, says, this show was so great, immediately contacted Joe to build me a case. So that's pretty awesome. We got a uh, crap. Yeah. Joe got an, a customer from from one of our listeners. It's great. You know? Oh, man. You you won't be disappointed, Frank. Yeah. Yeah. Not at all. You will not be disappointed. So, yeah. So he's like, thanks for connecting me to Rotocraft RC. Love the show. Dude, that's awesome. Uh, you're going to enjoy the case for sure. Joe will hook you up. Yeah. Okay. So website comments. What do we have? Javier emailed us about um my mic. Boom. Oh. No, not your mic. Yeah, <laughs> he, he messaged us about my mic being really bassy that it almost blew out his speakers. Oh, he's gonna hate me now. Yeah, dude. Because now he's not gonna hear his name mentioned. Because his speakers are gonna be blown out. <laughs> he said that there's uh, two new podcasts going on. One, one we just mentioned, which was uh, RC Heli Hooligans and Rotorheads. He said is worth a listen. Well, in case of Rotorheads, actually worth a view since it's on YouTube. It's a YouTube podcast. Which one is it? Rotorheads. Rotorheads. Yeah. Oh no, I think that's the. I think that's Sage. I think that's the one that they. It's like I don't know if that's Sage. Sage. Sages from RCHN. I know he's has a new venture with, uh, I think it's Rotorheads. I could be okay. mistaken, but basically I watched part of the first episode and it's them simming and talking about RC stuff. It was cool. I didn't have the time to, to do the rest of the episode, but I mean, from what I watched, it seemed pretty cool. And, um, you know, the, the folks on the show were very knowledgeable and uh, knew their stuff. Cool. Yeah. So that's cool. Okay, uh, Podbeam people. People. Podbeam. These are the people that have started following us. I think I mentioned Russell W. Started following us. Darth Morbius started following us. Cool. FJ Mordielos. 
How'd you mess up that name? I didn't mess that up. That's my New England accent. I did it with uh, a New okay. England accent. Okay. Um, Rotorhead started following us. Yes. Um, Totus Coil started following us. That's and how they end. Is it? Yeah, that's his forum name. Okay. Cool. Hitterg and Mike Welch both liked uh, episode 63, uh, Nitro and Collective Pitch Tuning with Rob McClellan. Sweet. So thanks, man. I can't wait to say hi to Mike in September. Hi, Mike. Hey, Mike. <laughs> so cool. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Let's uh, let's see here. iTunes review. I did not see any new iTunes reviews. So thanks to everybody who has left this one. Yep. And speaking of iTunes reviews, um, FTCC, the Flight Test Community Cast guys, uh, had mentioned had on their podcast. Mike? Yeah. You know, that's, it's not as good when you do it though. I know. Cause you just burst in. I'm like under the, you know, I'm like behind the scenes. Hey, Petro Mike. Petro Mike. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, they, uh, I had a couple of things to mention about them. Uh, this past episode they had, they were talking about a winter slump and, and how to get out of it. And actually yeah. Russ and I were talking at the AMA show, but I kind of had an idea that if I was in a winter slump, and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm just not feeling like working on anything or fixing anything. I would build something out of Dollar Tree foam that I would either put streamers on or fireworks on. And I would just beat the the crap out of it, man. Like I would build a bloody wonder and just beat the crap out of it cause, and have a ball doing it. Yeah. It's just something, something like that. Like I've had a lot of fun with that Twisted Hobbies beaver and without even having that take off of the ground, just wheeling that thing around on the runway and doing silly things with the tail up off the ground, man. It's just, I've, I've laughed like an idiot. So that was my one, my one tip, maybe how to get out of a winter slump. I know that's, that's a tough one though, man. Cause once you, once you fall in that, that funk, man, you're like, ugh, you don't want to do anything. It's not even just the flying part or getting out and like messing around. It's also the building part. Um, yeah, you know, the, the, the thing about, I guess, for Pat Joel and Mike, <laughs> is that they, they don't live close to each other, right? Like, you know, you yeah, and I, we can go flying, yeah. you know. Um, that's tough. You got you to gotta find folks, you know, that you have common interests with and go hang out and go fly, yeah. you know. Go build. Do a build night. Go fly. Go to events, go to AMA East, go to your swap meets in Central Florida. I know they got, I know Fred, you know, he always sends me pictures when they have those things going on and get out there. Um, I, I wonder what happened to FT groups. I feel like we don't really hear much about that. I don't know if it ever really took off. Well, I know that they're doing the build nights. The idea of it was awesome. So, I mean, you know, uh, forums, reach out, start up a post on flight test forums. Hey, who's in my area? Who wants to exactly. do some flight test building? I mean, that's how, you know, Kevin, you and I and Jeff met pretty much, right? So yep. it works. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Uh, so, yeah, I want to, you know, we want to thank you for, thank you and Amy for coming on the show, Matt. This was, uh, it was awesome. It was really awesome to hear, you know, a little bit of the inside of the Synergy Helicopter business and, and your products and stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Absolutely. My pleasure. It was fun being on. Yeah. Thanks, guys. 
Awesome. Uh, so if our listeners want to, you know, if they have any questions or want to maybe take a look into your helicopters, uh, you have some contact info you want to give out? Sure. They can, they can either go to our website, which is just synergyrchelicopters.com. Um, they can email me directly at info at synergy heart, info at helicopters.com. Uh, they can also contact us on Facebook, which our profile is Matt, uh, dash Amy Botus. Matt hyphen. Yeah. Matt yeah. hyphen Amy Botus. And, uh, I think w- they can also contact us on the Synergy RC, uh, Facebook, uh, as well as the Railblades Facebook. So there's plenty of ways to get in, get in touch with us. Awesome. And, uh, to our listeners, I recommend it. Go buy a helicopter. Go buy a Synergy. They're, they're, thank you. Thank you. One of the we'll things. That, you. Yes. <laughs> one of the things I, I, I still can't get over is, you know, I got this awesome Synergy 766 box. I open it up and I have a cracked frame in there. I'm like, oh no. Thank <laughs> you, UPS. You know, I was we, like, we oh man. With, yeah. yeah. Battle with shipping all the time. The UPS oh, is definitely not nice to packages. And they're all bad. USPS, FedEx. Yeah. Yeah. It, it de- it depends on the mood of the delivery guy and the uh, and the, and all the guys that handled in between. I f- I feel like it's also um, the size and weight because they get annoyed of like it's not like a little twelve inch cube box or you know seven six six that came in a pretty big box. Um, yeah. So they're just like eh, whatever, Chuck. But um, I, I mean, your customers your customer <clears throat> support was amazing though. Like I reached out to you and instantly you're like all right. We'll just send you another side frame. Don't worry about it. You know, we'll take care. <laughs> Thank um, you. But I had an experience with the, one of the UPS stores back when I first started shipping. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I was dropping off packages there. And the lady that was processing was literally taking the boxes and throwing them <laughs> for like 20 or 30 feet and, and wow. doing this right in front of me. And I said, whoa, 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 you can't, you can't throw my boxes like that. And she said, "Well, why not? You should see how they throw them in the in the uh, in the processing center." I'm like, oh, <laughs> uh, no. So yeah, her and I had words, but jeez, uh, yeah, yeah, I wow. would hate to see what goes on behind door closed doors. Well, you've uh, seen the YouTube videos, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> especially no, the FedEx think- ones where like they're taking an LCD yeah. <laughs> TV oh, yeah. or monitor, just chucking it over a fence. It's like really. Yeah, the world we live in is is keeping people uh, a little bit more honest these days, so that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> well, thanks um, for having us on. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I want to go have so dinner, much. dude. No, I know. I don't want to hold them up anymore. <laughs> uh, hopefully, you guys have some good lined up for dinner. And uh, you know, thank you again so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks so much. Absolutely, thank thanks you for having us. All right, that's awesome. Yeah, everyone, go buy a helicopter from Synergy. Or some real blades. They're awesome blades. They work. Drop us an iTunes review and we'll read the review on the next episode. Email us at freefallrc at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash podcast. Don't forget to check out our new webpage. <sighs> I gotta edit this template. <laughs> Don't forget to check out our webpage. freefallrcpodcast.com. Say hi to Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. Uh, Flight test forums, off the field, audio video production, other than flight test podcasts, free for RC podcast, sitting next to the FT community cast. Hey, Petrol Mike. Say hi to Nick. Hey, Nick. What's up, Nick? Hey, Nick. Uh, 
Yeah, oh, actually, you should talk to Nick about your 3D printer because he's also building a 3D printer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's building some giant 3D printer. Yeah. He's going to print bridges and stuff like that. <laughs> Thanks to all our listeners. Thanks for Matt and Amy for joining us on this show. Yeah. It was amazing. Uh, free our skies, and we'll see you next time. See you. Yeah, thanks, everyone. See you. I got 302 on the clock here. Holy Dude, it's just crap. amazing to talk to a guy like at, at his level, where he's at, what he's gone through and where he's at. And yeah. yeah. I mean, I got three. You know,